Pot of gold. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Ramble by the River. I'm your host, Jeff Nesbitt, and we've got a great show for you today. If you missed last week, our guest was David Casper. He's a roofer, and he's a riot. That episode's available online at ramblebytheriver.com. You can always find our newest episodes right there, as well as links to the entire catalog. If you didn't already know, this is Invasive Species Awareness Week. Yeah, there's such a thing. I spent a lot of my time working on invasive species stuff, and this just seemed like a no-brainer to me. I've wanted to do something for a while. Every year this comes up, and I'm just like, ah, it's too late. I don't, I'm not gonna do anything. But it really is a very important issue. I know that it's one of those things that everybody, like, ah, yeah, yeah, we know, we know, it's important. Clean your boots, you know, yeah, don't take a boat out of the lake and into another lake, blah, blah, blah. But it's really much more important than that. It's something that we all have to deal with, especially if you're a property owner. I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's an actual list that the state of Washington produces every year that has a lot of weeds on it. And if you have any of those weeds on your property, it's against the law and you can be issued a ticket. I highly advise that you guys, especially if you're a property owner, go out to pcweeds.org, check that out, look at the weed list, just bruise it, browse it, peruse it, and see if you have anything on there that sparks your recognition, that you think, oh, I've seen that. And I have a feeling you will. But yeah, once you notice them, you'll start seeing them everywhere. You won't be able to escape it. You have to really, really work hard to get away from noxious weeds. They're all over the place. Ramble by the River is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. Now, it's no secret. I love each and every one of my listeners. But there's a special group of listeners that took the time to go to ramblebytheriver.com and they clicked the subscribe button at the top of the page and we call them the Ram Fam. And they're my very favorites of all. They've all agreed to pay a small subscription fee and in return, they get special features that are not available to the general public. We're talking merch drops, behind the scenes updates, early access to every episode and exclusive bonus episodes that you can't find anywhere else. One of those is coming out next week. On top of all that, subscribers will receive access to the RamFam Patreon group, where the RamFam can connect with each other and with me. If you're a fan of the show and you regularly listen to the free episodes, you are going to love the extras that come along with this subscription. Shout out to our newest Royal Rambler, Colton Chalker. Colton's been a guest on the show. He's a longtime friend of mine. Bit of a shill for Cadet Heater, but we can forgive him with that. Thanks again, Colton. Appreciate you, man. Really do. And for a limited time, new Royal Ramblers will get a free NFT or non-fungible token as a thank you gift for supporting the show. These NFTs are from the Cult of Meerkats collection, and they are genuine digital collectibles. They can be sold, traded, given away, paper-handed, or hodled. If you're already a Patreon member but you didn't know about this promotion, check out patreon.com slash ramblebytheriver and follow the instructions that are on the pinned post. To become a member, go to ramblebytheriver.com and click subscribe at the top of the page. Sign up and start receiving benefits today. But wait, maybe you're not ready to pull the trigger on that Patreon membership, but you still want to get your hands on one of those free NFTs. You're curious, you keep hearing people talk about this, NFT this, NFT that, metaverse, what the fuck, how do I get involved? This is how you do it, there's two ways. The first way, rate and review Ramble by the River on Apple Podcasts. Most people are on Apple, I, I, a lot of them. If you're on Android, this is not gonna be available to you, but it's okay, you can do it another way. Number two, create a social media post about Ramble by the River. 
tag us and tag two friends. The first friend should be someone who you think would be interested in crypto and NFTs. And the second should be someone who you know for sure is annoyed and maybe even hates crypto and NFTs. That part's just for fun. You'd be glad you did it. Send me an email containing, number one, a screenshot of your review or social media post. And number two, a Solana wallet address where you'd like your free NFT to be sent. I recommend Phantom Wallet. It's a crypto wallet that you can have as a Chrome extension on your browser or as a mobile app. Send me that at admin1 at ramblebytheriver.com with the subject line, give me that sweet freebie NFT. If you meet the requirements, you'll be airdropped to your very own collectible piece of digital art to do with as you please. If you missed any of that, go to ramblebytheriver.com for detailed instructions. You can find us on social media at Ramble by the River on Facebook and Instagram and at Ramble River Pod on Twitter. All this information, as well as links that you might hear referenced during the show, can be found at RambleByTheRiver.com. Now, as you've probably figured out, this podcast is a side gig. It's not my main job. My real job is something that I fell into as a teenager, really kind of by good luck. The local research extension needed somebody to carry the wheelbarrow, you know, somebody to carry the heavy stuff out in the mud. And I took the job. I didn't think much of it at the time because, you know, it's just another job I'd worked before. I had worked at a grocery store for a few years before that, and I had sold wood bundles. I had done lawn mowing for my grandpa and for other people. And when I took this research job, I had no idea I was picking a career that was gonna change the whole rest of my life. And I ended up loving the job. A couple years after that, I got a job with Willapa National Wildlife Refuge for their Spartina program. Airboats, out in the bay, in the mud, doing chemicals, all that. It was great. I really, really came into my own professionally at that job and eventually I was running that program. After doing that for six years, all through college, the summers of college, I even took one semester off from college to work more. But I had established myself in the industry and I really enjoyed what I was doing. I didn't really want to go into psychology, which is what I had been studying in college. So I had a choice to make, either go on to grad school or look for a job. I decided to look for a job. I ended up finding a job as a roofer, which I talked about a little bit in last week's episode with David Casper, but it was really hard work, insanely hard work. The pay was decent, but I didn't love it. So eventually, After doing that for about six months, there was an opening with one of the organizations I had worked with in the past doing weed control work and habitat restoration stuff. So I decided to apply for that job, and amazingly, I got it. It was a dream come true. I still remember the moment that I got that phone call just being like, that's it, I made it. I'm out of poverty, my life is set. From now on, I just have to be smart and not mess it up. That was a big moment for me. That was February 2013. So I've spent the last nine years figuring this job out and trying to get really good at it. And I feel like I've done a pretty good job. I've been able to accomplish some goals that I set out to accomplish from the very beginning. Things that were very difficult. Things that I really didn't know how to do until I just figured it out. When I first started the Wildlife Refuge, my supervisor was named Ed Darcher. Ed was an old miner who had started doing noxious weed control when he noticed that the Spartina was becoming a major problem in the Bay. Ed is the one who trained me when I first took this job. 
In fact, he had actually applied for the job too, and they gave it to me. So you can imagine it was kind of awkward at first. This young hot shot comes in, takes the job you wanted, and then you're supposed to train him. A lot of people would have been bitter. Ed was not. He was very cool about it. It was just him and me. That was it. And it was a good thing that we'd had a good relationship before, because I think if anyone else would have been in that position, it would have been really hard to get over that. Within a year, we had figured out a really good system and we became kind of a dynamic duo. We were able to accomplish a lot and did a lot of very big projects on a very small budget. And we did that for a lot of years. We slowly improved our programs little by little. Things got better and better. I've loved the last 10 years of work. But all good things must come to an end. And we knew at some point that Ed was going to have to retire. He's in his 70s. He's been doing this a long time, and it was inevitable. So Ed's been keeping his eye out for a worthy replacement for a very long time. Uh, he's had a few promising people in our summer temps, our temporary helpers that come on and do our field work in the summertime, and none of them have worked out until Seth. Seth is a local boy. He's from Valley, born and raised, and He's got a great heart. You really get to see that today because we talked for three hours and he talks about his brother who has brain damage and he's, he takes care of him and some of the things that he learned through that process, which I found particularly inspiring. He talks about his life as a daredevil and how he loves the adrenaline rush of riding dirt bikes or four-wheelers or hunting or just being outside. We talk a lot about being outside and being in nature and being part of nature. Seth has a really good understanding of what it really means to be part of the land, part of the world around you. He raises cattle, his grandpa has a cattle farm and he butchers on weekends and he hunts. And now he's working in natural resources and you know, habitat management, which is really what we do. We're all stewards of the land. It's our job together collectively and it's really good to see a young person who has the right idea about how important that is and why we need to be good stewards. Plus, he's just a lot of fun. He's funny, he's smart, he's a good guy, and I really enjoyed this podcast. My guest today is a weed control specialist. He's a mechanic, he is an environmentalist, he's a conservationist, he's a hunter, he's a brother, he's a friend, and he's a hell of a guy. Please give it up for the great and powerful Seth Flamettis. Go ahead and talk a little bit in the mic and we'll dial you in here. All right. So you is this good distance? Yeah, that's perfect. All right, perfect. perfect. I don't know what to say. Yeah, that's, that's actually, that works just <laughs> fine. Okay. It sounds like the, they're both pretty even. It's, yeah. I even put on my new coat for it. Oh, is that a guy cotton? Yeah. That's nice. Ed's got me hooked on him. I can't. Yep. Nothing but now. He's worn them for years. I love them. I've never had one. The whole Shoal Water crew has them now, everybody. <laughs> they look thick. Yeah, but as the years go on on them, they kind of thin out. Oh, yeah, I bet. I've got a sweatshirt that I've had for 17 years. Holy crap. Yeah, I got it when I was a senior in high school. Wow. It's like a Humboldt State University sweatshirt. 
It still fits and everything? Oh, yeah. That's impressive. It's not very soft. Yeah, it's I pretty, believe pretty that. by now, but it's still, it's still going. That's impressive. It still fits, though. Oh, there's beer right next to you. Oh. Variety pack. <laughs> right on. Got a bottle opener. Variety. variety. There's a chance it's a variety of IPAs. Oh, that's fine. I don't drink them very often. I got them um, when Hannah Bolden was coming in, and because I know that's what she drinks. Oh, but uh, they're good. I when I was a beer drinker, that's what I would. I'm not normally a huge IPA fan, but what's your normal beer? Bush Light. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Valley kid through and through. Yeah, Bush Light's good stuff. Uh, that's we we drink regular Bush. Yeah, we call Bush Light Valley water. <laughs> I used to drink a lot of Bush Heavy when I was in high school, but... So what's Bush Heavy? Well, that's just your regular Bush. Oh, regular bush. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Then what's Bush Ice? Gross. That's a heavy It's shit. disgusting. So did you hang all the blankets and stuff for noise cancellation? And, and heat. Yeah. Because it's, it's either freezing out here or it's really hot. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. It's just a pole building. Okay. I like the painting. Thanks. Looks good. It was fun. I bet. Yeah, I was going to make the show. It was going to be a YouTube show. Yeah. Uh, so I tried to paint like a set, and I realized that's way too much work. I can't. I just can't. Yeah, with all the editing and everything. Yeah, that's that'd be a lot of work for sure. Yeah. it's It takes forever just to edit mm-hmm. one podcast and just audio. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I don't even do like uh, social media posts like I should. Mm-hmm. It just takes too long. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm going to bore you with the nuts and bolts of podcasting. Hey, I've always wanted to be on one. It's just good. Like, I've always wanted to be on one. I started listening to him about, I don't know, a year ago, and ever since then. I've been trying to BS my buddy into doing one with me. But Really? It, yeah. You should, man. You'd be good. Yeah, I'd love to do it, but although I don't know how to do the editing and all that. And I didn't know how to do it a year ago either. But I can figure it out, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, you have YouTube? Yeah, exactly. Like, I learned a lot how to do anything. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. The stuff you can do with engines, mm-hmm. like being at, having that kind of aptitude, I, I don't have that. So it makes it seem like everything is easy for you. No. Because <laughs> it's no. Like, <laughs> uh, it's not, though. Yeah. It's, but I mean, that's the thing, too, is like when I was getting into it, it was, that was what I thought. You know, I looked at these people that are really good mechanics and I was like, man, that be cool to be like that i wonder if i'll ever get to there and then once you get into it and you start realizing well everything kind of works the same as like between different makes and models yeah they might look completely different and they might have different uses but they all do the same shit you know so once you learn the basics you kind of build off that yeah and then experience it's everything's experience that's true it's pretty much like that with everything everything yeah it's all experience the more hands-on time you can have, the better. Definitely. In my opinion. I mean, that was like I was when I was working for my uncle, he's an amazing mechanic, but he's also done it for the last 40 years. So, I mean, that's all he knows. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. I mean, those people can be the best teachers. But oh, yeah. If some people aren't because they don't have that teaching thing, mm-hmm. so they just don't understand why you don't get it. Yeah. And they can get frustrated with you and all that. Well, and that's like, I mean, that's how my dad is kind of, well, with me anyway, because I'm his kid and he, I guess he expects more out of me, but I, 
I've rode four wheelers and dirt bikes my whole life, and I mean, you ride them, you blow them up, right? Well, mm-hmm. then I bring it home, Dad. Hey, fix it, please. And he got mad because I blew one up three times in a row, and I only rode it for three weeks each Once time. A week, huh? Yeah, but yeah. So he'd get it fixed. I'd ride it for a week, blow it up. He'd fix it. I'd ride it for a week, blow it up. The third time I blew it up, he finally looked at me and goes, "Okay, you're fixing it, and I'm not helping you." Mm-hmm. And I messed it up bad. And then I fixed it eventually you know i mean he finally once he let me mess it up he come down and he goes okay this is what you did wrong and then we got in a big fight because he can't teach me anything and oh, he's one of those i was just talking yeah about. exactly that, that was where i was going with that and so we got in a big argument and blah 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 but that's how i got started i mean he just kind of threw me to the wolves and that's how i don't know that's how i feel like i learned the best if someone just like okay we'll go figure it out sink or swim exactly and i try really hard not to sink so it's Invasive Species Awareness Week. Yeah. Are you aware of that? Yeah, I am. Actually, I I forgot all about it until Chelsea sent me an uh, email this morning, and there's a they're doing a webinar or something mm. for Green Crab. Perfect. Oh, on the 5th? I think it's the 5th of March. But Yeah, I figured I've got this platform. I'm involved in invasive species. Yeah, a little bit, huh? It's a way that we can make people aware <laughs> yeah. a little bit more. Heck yeah. Plus, it's, it's interesting stuff to talk about. Yeah. There's a lot sure. of interesting shit that goes on in the invasive species world. Yeah. Especially right now. Yeah, lots. And honestly, I'm still learning. Me too. Yeah. All the time. That's Honestly, that's the one thing I love about this job. I'll never know it all. Yeah. So there's always something I can learn. True. Really true. Yeah. I'm learning new stuff this very week. Yeah. Uh, carp. Yeah, yeah, you were telling me about that. Yeah, people want me to help them do a a carp program for Loomis Lake. Mm -hmm. I've never used carp for weed control or for anything else. Never, never had no interaction with carp in my life, but I'm the weed guy. So I'm figuring it out. But I've been doing research and it seems like it's not a practical place for carp. No, why is that? So in my research, it it looks like carp are used in really well-contained bodies of water, Mm -hmm. especially like holding ponds and things with very defined limits. Yeah, that would make sense. Loomis Lake is kind of wishy-washy of where it is and where it's not. Mm. Like some, like the whole outer edges, a lot of that area is just like swamps. Mm. So it's so like, they could leak into other tributaries maybe. Yeah. Or, yeah, that's not good. So like maybe in in March, the edge of the lake is, is right over yeah. here. And then maybe in June, it's 100 feet that way. Yeah. It's like it doesn't. So that could pose a big issue especially being so close to the columbia and yeah. so close to the river systems and oh, i didn't even think about the columbia but yeah because they're they're freshwater fish so they'd have to get there from the through the ocean somehow but there's there's oh. enough waterways through the peninsula that they could probably figure it out yeah fish are fucking amazing they are amazing like, man what i they mean get through i steelhead fish like there. well i fish like there's no tomorrow i fish salmon steelhead bass whatever i mean if it will bite a hook and it's in the water i'll fish for it i yeah. don't care but I mean, Steelhead, we were out fishing one time, and we were actually on our way to this river that's way up in the woods, you know, and we didn't, we were kind of going out on a limb going to that river, but not really, so we were headed up there, and there was just this old side slough that was up Smith Creek, and I mean, way the hell up Smith Creek. It's actually on your way to Brooklyn, right before you start up the hill to drop into Brooklyn, there's that culvert that runs under the road there. It was in that culvert, a Steelhead. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you know it came from the ocean. Oh, that's a long way to yeah, travel. Yeah, and through wow. beaver dams and log jams and slides, and I don't know how it made it there, but it did. 
you look at some of the river systems that they have to go up just to get back to their yeah. spawning ground. I mean, specifically for that reason, put the woody debris in the yeah. in the streams during yeah. salmon restorations. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. You talked so, to Ed lately? Yeah, he was at the shop today. Oh, God cool. Damn. Went down the wrong pipe. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, he uh, wanted me to ask you, well, are you going to be in the shop on Monday? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, he's going to be there on Monday. So. Okay, cool. We can go over everything then. Yeah, I guess we don't really need to have a work meeting. Yeah, yeah. Right now. I'm kidding. <laughs> so for the audience, if you haven't already figured it out, our guest today is Seth Flamenis, and he works with me. I haven't actually told them where I work. Yeah, you haven't? Mm -mm. Right on, I won't bring it up. This, we'll this is a, episode like 62. Huh? Well, we'll be co-workers and then we'll let everybody just wonder. It's not a problem if people know where I work. But I feel like when I'm in here, I'm not representing my job. Yeah. I'm just representing my mind. Yeah. Like I try really hard not, because otherwise this show will suck. Yeah. If I get I'm that. if I'm constantly having to be like, all right, well, is that align with so and so's views or? Mm -hmm. It's yeah, yeah. Keep that out of it and make it your yeah. opinion. It's your show. Have fun with it. I exactly. totally get that. Heck yeah, I'm cool yeah. with that. But we can still talk about it because yeah. we do interesting shit. We do and drive airboats and play in the mud and Hell yeah. kill lots of plants. And green crab. And now green crab. Yeah. So Inslee signed an ordinance that he allotted like $8.6 million to go to this green crab project. And uh, we're hoping we can get a little chunk out of it so that we can keep up what we're doing. Which is what? Uh, we set traps. We're out in the Willapaw Bay and we, we set traps for green crabs. And right now they we're on removal effort, which the WDFW and Sea Grant and all them, they more data collection side of it which that's how we started but then we realized the real true problem and uh, so now we're just trying to pull as many as we can and we've talked to them and figured out like what data they actually need and then all the other stuff we kind of like yeah we're gonna get away from that and so that way we can focus more attention on just pulling as many as we possibly can and really this last month we've noticed something kind of strange where we're pulling a lot of gravid females which is what does gravid mean so they have eggs they've been bred they have their eggs and they're in the stage of producing the larva and they can have up to 200,000 babies essentially each time and they can also be bred twice a year damn yeah that's a lot of reproduction going yeah. on and just in 2022 so far we've pulled out 28 of them shit yeah I wonder, do you have any idea how the how they get fertilized? Do they get fertilized on the female, or does she have to lay them somewhere and the guy comes up and blows a loop? No, yeah, so actually I've seen the process. We oh. pulled a trap last summer that they were actually actively mating in the trap. Wow. So what happens is a female will molt, and she can only be bred when she is soft shell. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's then hard to penetrate it, the hard shells. It's, yep, exactly. And wow. So we pulled the trap, and she was, well, and they were actively doing it in the trap. And uh, well, so tell me about that in detail. What was what did that look like? Oh, I got a picture of it. Perfect. We'll post we'll post that on the Instagram. Yeah, we should, I can send it to you for sure. It's actually it's exactly how you would think it is, but nothing like you think it is. As soon as you see the picture, you'll be like, oh shit, yeah, that makes sense. Huh? Yeah. So that you know the females, oh, how you tell if they're up. yeah exactly, and so is the male. So the way oh, you, you tell don't... if they're male or female are actually their reproductive organs. 
which makes perfect sense, but it makes no sense. <laughs> I have never seen those open. I haven't either. I, I always just, because that's how you open a crab. Yep. Like you pop that little exactly. thing. It's like the little tab you pull, yep. mm -hmm. and then it, you and just pull the back off. So you're essentially pulling his wiener. Oh, man. <laughs> or, yeah, I guess because we're eating males. Yeah, so you, exactly. You rip his yeah. dick off and pull his back apart. Yep. Oh, that's exactly. brutal. It's, yeah, and you would have never thought that. That's good. I know I didn't. I pulled a, that pot and I looked at it, and I looked at Ed, and I was like, I don't know what the hell these two crabs are doing, but it looks like some dirty shit. <laughs> and so I took a picture of it, and I sent it to Alex, and she's she's the person we go through for Sea Grant. And she goes, oh, my God, you found a mating. This is the first time we've ever seen this, blah, blah, blah. And she had me send it to her, and then, uh, but I noticed that the female was soft-shelled, and so I was like, well, that was weird, so I called her. And I was like, hey, you know, this is what I've seen. I don't, you guys said you hadn't seen it before, so, you know, I don't want to let you know. And she goes, yeah, they through the studies on the east side of the United States where they're like a horrible problem. They can only breed soft shell. That's how they do it. And then when they harden up, they release all their eggs that are already fertilized. Okay. Yeah. That and, makes sense. and then into their clutch. Have you ever seen one that's actually had a... You showed me one picture, but that's yeah. it. So I'll, I'll send you that same picture that because that's the only one I got. But... Big cluster of orange yes. on their bottom of their belly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's just crazy. So, uh, you know, it begs the question of how many gravid females are out there right now. Exactly. You're catching them in traps. And relative to the size of the whole bay, we're, mm -hmm. we're just barely doing anything yeah. trap-wise. There's just not that many out there, and it's a large bay. Yeah, definitely. And Ed loaned, I don't remember the exact number of traps. He loaned them to an oyster grower that's up by Stackpole, or actually Nakata, right above Nakata. And he got 141 yesterday. Just in his clam beds. Oh, wow. And he has the manila clams. Yeah, they're eating all the manila clams. Mm -hmm. I read that they can get pretty much any clams under three quarters of an inch. Mm -hmm. They can eat them. Or yeah, oysters are the same way. Small enough oyster, they can actually pry them open and get to them. And uh, I was talking to an oyster grower, and he, I mean, he's not just starting out by any means, but he started a new bed, and it was by one of our, like, kind of established hot spots that we knew there was a bunch of green crab and he lost over a third of his nursery. And, I mean, I can't say that that was green crab because I didn't do the study in his nursery. I didn't go and actually investigate it. But it was, like, 200 yards from one of our really hot spots. Yeah. So Pretty good sign. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You kind of put two and two together. And, like I said, I mean, I can't promise you that's what happened, but... It's pretty likely. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to make a causal connection. Like, there's, yeah. you can't make that claim without the science to back it up. Exactly. But just anecdotally, it's pretty easy to see a correlation. Yes, that There 100%. has been a substantial increase in yep. green crab along the same time period as a substantial decrease in manila clam harvests. Or even oysters. And oysters. Yeah, exactly. Even oyster, uh, the nursery losses. I mean, it, it kind of lines up a little bit. I mean, granted, yes, I have no... Uh, data essentially to back up my theory, but, but you do have some. You just don't have data on the clams. Exactly. But you have data that says, yeah, green crab have increased this exponentially, much. ton. Yes, yeah, exponentially. It, it's really crazy. It is very crazy. So the first year that we were doing a green crab program, if you can even call it that, the first year when you guys recognized we're seeing all these crab out here, should mm -hmm. we start collecting them? Mm -hmm. And oh, actually, how many? How many did you get the first year? Oh man, I don't remember. Like roughly. It was around 1,000, right? Yeah. And how many have you had this so far in 2022? 2022, we've gotten, I can add them up real quick, but it's over 1,500. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's a 10x increase. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, that's literally just 2022. As up to date, actually, as of yesterday was the last traps we've pulled in 2022. And we have over 1,500 crab this year. That's a problem. Yeah. Each one of those is eating. Yeah, exactly. Stuff that other animals are supposed to eat. Exactly. And they say that, I mean, and when I say they, I mean like Sea Grant, WDFW, things you read online. They say that green crab will actually cannibalize themselves. Like the bigger ones will eat the smaller ones. And the reason they say that is because down in California, they have kind of what Lummy has. They have this sea pond that doesn't have anything really in it other than a shitload of green crab. But, uh, oh, what do you call it? They have that housing complex that has that pond in the center of it. Mm-hmm. And that's where they have the huge amount of green crab. And what they it's did, like a man-made pond? Yeah. I think it's either a man-made pond or it's man shut off to everything else. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's- Isolated. It's, exactly. It's its own thing. See, that'd be a good place for carp. Yeah, exactly. It would. It'd be a great place for carp. It's also a great place for green crap. Yeah. You know? It's an aquarium. Yeah, pretty much. Basically. Essentially. And that, I mean, that's what Lummies is, mm-hmm. basically. I mean, yeah, they have two floodgates, but they're both broke. What are they really doing? How did they even get in there? I, the larva. Oh, yeah. You know, the flow. Yeah, exactly. Or like if there was a flood, you know, and there's larva floating around, it, they come right in. Yeah, there's floods all the time. Oh, constantly. That's the reason the carp thing could really bite you really in the nervous. ass. I'm not interested in that. Yeah, that could bite you in the ass in a hurry. Yeah. Because that's like up in Chehalis, uh, they planted bass in the, or Centralia, excuse me. They planted bass in those ponds. Well, then it flooded in 07, and now they have a humongous bass problem in the Chehalis River. Oh, wow. Because they made it to the river, and now they have an invasive species in the river killing little fish. That happens with fish farms all the time. But, yeah, I mean, that stuff happens all the time. You don't even think about it when you're doing it. You're thinking you're doing a good thing. But, I mean, especially the people that don't do it for a living, you know, they don't put—they don't think about winter weather. They don't think about weather at all. Yeah. You know, they don't—and then all of a sudden, you got high water, and it's running to the river, and now you have invasive species in your river. Yeah, when you're not forced to uh, to confront the fact that the world is changing around you oh, all the time. All the time. It's easy to ignore. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, in the summer, when you're out there, I mean, I, I'm guilty of it. We'll be out there spraying in the summer, you know? And I mean, if you think about it, you just tell your coworkers or your buddies or whatever, I mean, whatever you're doing. And if it's a nice day, you go, oh yeah, right on. We'll go do something tomorrow outside. Well, it could be raining tomorrow. And you didn't even think, you just assume it's going to be nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, right. I mean, you know, things are getting more and more chaotic all the time. Exactly. And like the severe weather has really ramped up the last few years. Sure has. Especially that flood we had this year. Yeah. Jeez, it's crazy. crazy. And, and last year, there was another crazy big yeah. flood. It's really gotten worse. And it's, I know it's, it's people get tired of, I talk about that all the time because I really think that climate change is, is real. And, oh, yeah. And it's here. 100%. But there's still nothing I can do um, as a one person. Yeah. That's actually person, gonna make you impact. can't do anything about it. But it's frustrating. It's a frustrating problem for that reason. Yeah. But as an individual for, for a lot of people, I think. Especially when you work outside, you know what I mean? And you're in the environment every day and you get to see the beauty of it. And you're like, I don't want this to go anywhere. I mean, this is this is my job. This is my life. This is where I live. You don't want to see that destroyed. I know you're a hunter mm-hmm. and now you work in natural resource. You have for a long time worked mm-hmm. in natural resources. And you're just like, you're an outdoorsman. Do you feel pretty connected to your home and to the actual land? Yeah. You feel pretty connected? There's a certain joy I get standing on a river or even at work. I mean, just being on the water. I just, and I can't explain it. I can't tell you what the feeling is. I'm just happy. 
takes your stress away. It just, for me anyway, being home is being on a river, being on a boat. It's being in the middle of absolutely nowhere. You know, I just, being in nature, getting around and just seeing the creation. It's, because you're part of it. Exactly. We are built out of nature yeah. and, and we're part of nature. You can't, you can't separate it. No. With your attention, you can separate yourself from nature. Mm-hmm. But then once you get back in it, you're like, oh, this is right. This yeah, is home. Exactly. And I mean, that's when I'm out hunting, I don't worry about, I mean, yeah, okay. You worry about the predators, but if you think about it, you're a predator yourself. Exactly. All you got to do is put yourself on top of that food chain. Yeah. You know, and that's what essentially a cougar is trying to do or a bobcat or a coyote. They're just trying to keep themselves out of the picking order and stay on top. But predator is aware of the surroundings is just like aggressively intentional. Yeah. Like, I'm out yeah. to fuck shit up. Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the mindset you got to put yourself in, especially hunting big game. I mean, that's huge. Wind is everything. I yeah. mean, I do not get out of my truck unless I know where the wind is blowing. Especially like if I got a herd of elk on lock and I know where they are and they don't know where I am yet, I need to know where that wind's blowing before I get out of my truck. So that way when I open my truck, I mean, you're just opening a can of smell right there. So you got to make sure that's not going to hit them. Because as soon as they get that, wing, bang, boom, they're gone. Mm-hmm. So you got to make sure you're on that backside of them. Then now you have to figure out how to get to them. And I bow hunt, so I have to get within at least 80 yards for an elk and 100 for a deer. But that's a long be able- shot. Yeah, it's a very long shot. But I've that also sounds been- very hard. <laughs> I've been shooting a bow since I could pull one back. So mm-hmm. I mean, I've got the I've got the time. I've got yeah. the experience. Goes back to the experience thing. I've got the experience with a bow. I put in the time. When I go home. Three months before season, I shoot 100 shots a day. Nice. And so that way, when I pull back on a deer or an elk, I'm confident. You don't have to think about it. Exactly. It's all muscle memory. It's all muscle memory. I don't even have to think. I don't have to do nothing. And I know that animal will not suffer. That's the way to do it. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I've hunted my whole life. I've worked in butcher shops. I slaughter cows on weekends for, I mean, that's kind of my side. Just for fun. Yeah, it's kind of my side hustle, you know. I mean, my grandpa does it. It's what I've done. Both my grandpas actually own farms, so, I mean, I've been around it my whole life. I get it. But nothing hurts me like seeing an animal suffer. I mean, as you see, in my experience, I mean, shooting a cow is shooting a cow. Yeah, it's just a stupid cow, but... You don't want to see anything suffer. No. You want to make sure that thing dies as quick as it possibly can. And yeah, it might not be the prettiest sight in the world. It's still death. But you know that that thing did not feel a thing. It Mm -hmm. just all of a sudden was dead. You know, it's almost like dying in their sleep, I feel like. And if you mess that shot up where everybody messes up every once in a while. But the fir- I'll never forget it. The first time I messed up, it still haunts me. I get yeah. nervous now every single time I go to shoot one. I've told you about that, the deer I got last year, and I blew his ass apart. Yeah. It's like, fuck, that felt bad. Oh, it feels horrible. Yeah. And it does, too. It And it, it sticks with you. Yeah. You know? It's it, emasculating. It does, yeah. I, I yeah. actually, I was like, fuck, I'm not a man. Yeah. I can't even make a shot. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, it gets in your head a little yeah. bit, and it makes you, it just, it eats at you. Yeah. It does. It eats at you. But what that does is you got to take the positive out of that. So, I mean, what that does is make your next shot even that much better. So it's now, integrity fuel. Exactly. So now you know, okay, when I go to do this, I can't, and now I know I can't do that. So now we have to set up, maybe set up a little longer, maybe look at it a little longer, you know, kind of, well, maybe it's a little quartered away, you know, I'm going to sit here for five more minutes and see if I can get a better shot. Mm-hmm. And that's just all it is to it. And I've actually, the biggest elk I've ever 
have the opportunity of shooting, I didn't take the shot because there was a stick in the way of the vitals. And so I sat there and I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to take this shot. I'm not going to watch it suffer. And so I waited for it to take one more step. And that one more step was it running away. So uh, I never I, got the shot at it, but mm. I can sit here in front of you and say, confidently say I didn't wound an animal. Yeah. Imagine if you would have gone for the shot, not got the clean shot and then wasted or exactly wasted any of that meat yeah well and or not even found seen. it yeah you know i mean that's the thing and, and it and, goes off and dies somewhere yeah and the best part was they actually got it in that rifle season but it didn't suffer you know i didn't take that shot it didn't it wasn't walking around for months and months and months with an arrow in it mm-hmm. you know they and the person that did shoot it they'd been you know this is an instant kill yeah so that's a lot better than getting eaten by wolves or, yeah. you know, a bear. For sure. Well, and especially wolves, they'll eat you alive. Mm-hmm. They don't care. So will a bear. Yeah. Both those animals are fucking ruthless. Yes, they are. They right. are brutal. Especially black bears. They're actually more dangerous than grizzly bears. They a lot of smile while they're eating. Yeah. They look happy. Yeah. They're like, and the the deer's, like, it's it's getting its ass torn out, yeah. and the bear's just, like, smiling, the deer's screaming. Yeah. It's like, this is the horrible, horrifying shit. Yeah, and a Nature lot. Nature does not fuck around. And that's where... Like, people that tell me, because, I mean, I've heard it a few times. People have told me, like, you know, it's, how can you hunt? How can you kill something? How can you take something's life? And it's like, have you ever seen, have you ever watched Animal Planet? Yeah. <laughs> like, Do you follow the the Instagram page, Nature is Metal? No. I'll put a link on the in the show notes, but it's very brutal. But it's yeah. all stuff like that. It's like yeah. a lion eating his own cubs or, like, yeah, you but know, that's a nature. wolf pack taking down a deer. Yeah. And a lot of them have, like, the graphic warning. Uh-huh. Like, if you don't want to watch this shit, don't watch it. And sometimes I don't because I'm not always ready for it. Yeah. Especially first thing in the morning. They tend to come up on my feet at, like, 5 a.m. Oh, that's shitty. Yeah, it's like, I don't wake <laughs> up to that. Sucks. It's like that shock. It really is visceral. It, like, yeah. wakes you up. Oh, definitely. 100%. But, yeah, it's it's a good follow. Yeah. It's, a, I'll, it's I'll, an interesting page. I'll check that out for sure. But, yeah, I totally agree with you. I used to think like that. And I grew up here. I always had a bit of a chip on my shoulder mm-hmm. about hunting. Not because, I, honestly, I was jealous. Yeah. And I was like, I want, I wanted to be part of that because mm-hmm. everyone around here, not everyone around here hunts, but people with resources do. Yeah. Yep. People who can yep. afford to and, and, you know, have like private landowners where they can, you know, hunt on their property or they have the right equipment and shit. But I was poor. Yeah. My dad was poor. We did not hunt. Mm-hmm. And we, um, it just wasn't our thing. And so I... I developed over the years of uh, resentment towards yep. the hunters because I felt like they were taking something that was partially mine mm-hmm. and I didn't I get, get a piece. Yeah. I mean, I, I could I could see where you're coming from on that. That Definitely. I didn't have access to. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people feel like that. Yeah. They don't even know that, it, that, that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But there's this, the tragedy of the commons. It's like the fact that there are these common resources that we all share and there's not enough to go around. Yeah. If everyone hunted... There would be no hunting. No, you're 100% there, there, right. There's not enough. Yeah, you're 100% right. And that's the problem with poachers. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that exactly. is the sole rob- or problem with poachers, especially the ones that are just going out and getting horns. I mean, that. Oh, my God. I hate that. I absolutely hate that. Yeah. But, I mean, what are you going to do? There's so much nuance to hunting and what is ethical and what's not, even yeah. within poaching. Yeah. Like, because some of the laws don't make all that much sense, like the fact you can't use dogs. Yeah. Um, if you're using a dog to, to hunt bear, that seems like a safer way to hunt bear. For sure. And honestly, I mean, now that they've made hound hunting a thing of the past, look at the cougar population. Look at the bear population, especially down here on the peninsula. I mean, go drive up Sandridge one day on garbage day. How oh, many yeah. garbage cans do you see still standing? 
Yeah, exactly. Hardly any. Have you ever seen uh, the amount of bears out at like Stackpole? Yes. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. I saw three bears in 20 minutes, yeah. which is like unheard of. 100%. Yeah. No, we were out there when I was working for Tim Wilson. We were spraying out at the uh, the park out there. We were doing gorse. Mm. And I actually had three bears walk up to me with probably within 50 feet. And they did not even care I was there. Yeah, they're not as scared of us as we are no, of them. Not That's even a bunch little. of bullshit. Yeah. No, I agree. It's. I've looked a bear right in the eyes, and he knew what I was, and he was not afraid of me. Oh, I got it. Yeah, no, they don't care. No. Why would they? We're they're squishy fucking... Yeah, they're 500 pounds heavier than you. Yeah. Big deal. They don't yeah, give deep Not interested there in fighting one of those. No, but that's the thing, too. I mean, so the way I look at it, and the reason I'm not scared of bears, the only bear I would say I'm scared of, and honestly, I don't even know if I'd be scared, I'm just weary, is a sow with cubs. I mean, and that's obvious. Don't ever get between a sow with and her cub. But, yeah, I would be scared of that. Yeah, it, and that, I have done that. Actually, I had that happen to me last year, and I had my dog with me, and she was only four months old, and oh, my God, I thought I was going to have to shoot a bear. It was not good. Oh, that'd be horrible. Oh, God. Oh, was... four months old, did she chase a bear? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, and honestly, even being four months old, I was able to call her off of it, which was amazing, but... Yeah. The shitty part was the cub had ran so far, mom didn't know where it was, and now she had to go through me to find her baby, which, and I mean, in all reality, can't blame her. Yeah. And that's the thing. It was like, I needed to get my dog back and get my ass in the truck so mom could go find her baby because I don't want to shoot mom because now I've just killed two bears, if not three, because they normally have twins. So I probably, if I would have had to kill her in self-defense, would have killed two other bears. Oh man, that would suck. Exactly. Like out of obligation? Well, I mean, if she's charging me and going to kill me, it's now... No, I know. Let's say you killed the mom, and now you got these two little baby cubs and that honest, are just, like, motherless. Honest to God, I'd go find those cubs. I'd raise them. Oh, really? That's the way I am. Dude, that's... 100%. I thought you were going to say you, you'd have to shoot them no or way. call the ranger or something. No way. I, I was like, oh, no. I we... would totally take those home. You said the thing I wanted to yeah, say. Yeah, 100%. Exactly I would take those say. home, and, uh, yeah, that would be Smokey the Bear. <laughs> 100%. I'd be raising Smokey, man. Yeah. I, I would, And that's actually happened, because... I mean, growing up, growing up on a farm, I was mowing a field one time, and it was bad. I hit mom. Oh no! Uh, with it, the mower. Yeah, with the mower. No, well, a uh, mower conditioner. Mm. And yeah, kind of like a boom mower, but for mowing hay. And it was deer, and the mower was set just high enough. I missed both babies and hit mom. Yeah. And that happens. A lot. Oh, it does. It does. And honestly, I mean, that one screwed me up. I was only seven years old. Oh, fuck. Oh, jeez, dude. It was bad. And it, it's watching a full deer go through a mower at seven. Oh, man. Holy shit. You, were, you dream about that stuff for years. But we actually raised both those. They, she had twins. One was a buck, one was a doe. And we raised them up. And honestly, I bet you that doe's still probably kicking. Or she died of old age now. But how long did you have them? We had them for a year and a half. And they stuck around for three years. How long does it take a deer to reach maturity? Uh, like sexual like, maturity. Oh, they can breed. So they're not going to, the year they're born and the year after that, depending on how early they were born the year before that, they could get bred the next year, but normally they wait until they're two. Oh yeah. Cause they only breed once a year. They're like plants. Yeah, correct. They're like a, an annual plant or a biennial plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're only going to breed once a year. They come into heat. Well, blacktail on this side of the state, they're, they're going to come into heat October, November. That's when they're going to get bred. They're going to have their babies april-ish somewhere in there i think normally when they drop but that's another thing like if you ever see 
and I've made this mistake as a younger, younger guy, you know, I didn't know this. And if you're out driving around in the woods and I mean, I lived in the woods as a kid, so I was out there all the time. And when you see a baby deer, they will not run from you. They're told not to. Exactly. That is an instinct. They have zero smell. They sit still. Do not touch them. Yeah. And that, and I didn't know that, but if you see a baby deer in the woods and you touch it, you just killed it. That's those baby birds too. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. See, I didn't know that. I, I remember hearing that as a little kid because, mm-hmm. you know, I was touching them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you find baby birds in a nest, you're five or six years old. Oh, yeah. Them. You're going to grab them. They're going to die. Yeah. Let's be, let's be real. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and it's not that I didn't want to, I mean, I wanted them to live, but I was a kid. Yeah. They exactly. were very you're soft. curious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's a baby bird. Now it's your pet. <laughs> yeah. But the deer is the same way, huh? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And it, as soon as you put your smell on it, mom's done with it. It completely disowns it. Wow. Yeah. Totally and completely. So you just gave some predator a meal. That's nice of you, though. It's probably delicious. Yes, like no. deer veal. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like predators. I'm a big time predator hunter. Yeah. <laughs> I like to hunt predators. I used to think eating predators sounded gross because yeah. of, of like the bioaccumulation of toxins. Yep. Yep. And I guess that's probably still true to some extent if you're eating a real fatty piece of meat. But yeah. And, and a lot of it's so lean. I don't know. Because a lot of those chemicals store in fat. The one I would worry about would be a bear. Oh, like yeah. if a bear's eating dead stuff, because they'll eat rotten stuff. Like a yeah. cougar will not eat anything if it's rotten, period. End of story. Like they will only eat on what they killed for about three days and then they're done with it. They will not eat anything rotten. And I, I couldn't tell you why. I they're just, cats. They're picky as fuck. Well, yeah, okay. They go. do what they want. <laughs> yeah. They, they don't they give do. a shit about yeah, anybody no, else. They don't give, no, <laughs> you're 100% right. They don't care. But bears. They all they don't care in another way. They'll they're eat dogs. Yeah, basically. they'll eat fucking Actually, any. Bears seem like a little bit of both. Yeah, I mean they're neither dog or cat, but yeah. yeah, they're just their own breed. Yeah, but and getting back to actually that reminds me, getting back to uh, seeing a bear in the woods and not being scared of it. The way I come into it is have as much confidence as that bear does. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean they don't give a shit you're there. Don't yeah. give a shit they're there. If you had to, I mean, if it comes to, you know, throwing fisticuffs, you're going to get fucked either way. Yeah, 100%. You might as well give yourself the best chance Exactly, you know, don't, I mean, if it's not worried about you, don't worry about it. It, When it worries about you, you need to worry about it. These strategies work for humans, too. Oh, 100%. 100%. Like every time. Come into shit confident, man. Yeah. I mean. And only when you need to, though. Yeah, if exactly. That, if that bear's not giving you any shit. Not Don't give problems, it any shit. There's yeah. no sense. We're just going to pass each other yeah. like ships in the night. Exactly. I mean, it, it, at that point, it's just like walking down the street, passing someone. You mm-hmm. know? Just don't worry about it. Don't show it you're scared because then it knows it's already one. Yeah. You know? I mean, they animals read body language. Dogs also it, do this. Exactly. And that's a very good point. I mean, you can literally walk up to your dog and say in a mean voice, I love you, and it's going to cower down. Yeah. You know, I mean, they read body language. They read your voice. And that's just how it is. Yeah. And they're always looking for where they are in the pack. Mm-hmm. They, exactly. they don't, they're not. There's a pecking order. Yeah. They're yep. not humans. Yep. They're not just like, hey, we're buddies, so we're always buddies. It's like when you're with a group and you're with your dog, your dog's constantly looking to you for yep. like, all right, what are we doing here? Yep. How's this working? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, that's why it's so important to train them right. Oh, yeah, 100%. And especially when they're puppies, get them around people. Yep. I messed up. And dogs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Other, yes, huge. Yeah. yeah. You ever had to shoot a dog? Mm-hmm. Fucking horrible. One, and Me I'll too. never do it again. Me neither. Ever. I will never do I don't even care if that dog is has rabies. I will not do it. The old yeller. I can't do it. I won't either. Nope. How come you it. had to? Uh, my buddy had a dog. It was a real problem dog, actually. I mean, it was 
Some she, dogs are real pieces of shit. And, and she was. I mean, that's just how she was. She's just bad. You know, it bit everybody, this, that, and he couldn't do it. And he was like, hey, man, he goes, you slaughter. You want to shoot my dog? And I was young and dumb. And yeah, no problem, you know? As soon as I pulled the trigger, holy shit, dude, my whole life changed. Yeah. I just my entire, and I had never even had a dog up to that point, but my whole life changed. And I was like, man, I'll never fucking do that again. Yeah. Ever. It, it, Same with horses. I oh, yeah. will not shoot a horse. Yeah, I don't, I haven't done that one. Any, any animal that someone looks at as family. Yeah. I can't do it. That is really the key. Too. I can't do it. And honestly, okay. A cow, yeah, I could probably do it. If someone told They're me... delicious. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, and I've shot literally probably a thousand of them, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just, I'm to the point now where a cow is food, you know, I mean, that's just how it is. A horse... What caliber of gun do you use to kill a cow? I, I We now use a two two three. Mm. <laughs> There's a funny-ass story behind that. So we went up to a guy's house, and we were slaughtering his cow, and he wanted to shoot it. Right on. You, if you want to shoot your own cow, man, you go right ahead. I prom, I've never seen anyone shoot their own cow and get it in the first shot. Oh, I, that sounds horrible. Oh, it's terrible. And I tell everybody that. I go, I promise you. I go, I, I'm not telling you you're a bad shot. I've never seen you shoot. I promise you're not going to get that first shot. Just let you me hit do the it. Same place you do with an elk? Uh, no, we shoot them in the head. In the head. Yep. Oh, yeah, because you're not trying to get a trophy out of no, it. No, uh-uh. I'm trying to put it down as quickly as possible with the most humane shot I can make. And that's the reason we use a two two three now. But we went up to this guy's house, and he was a cop, and so he wanted to shoot it with his pistol. And I mean, it was a barrel loop. with his pistol. Yeah, yeah, he had a forty five. Okay. So I mean, it was still though. It was definitely a healthy enough round to do it. But this cow had the will to survive, man. He shot it, and I mean, perfect shot. I even showed him where to shoot it because I mean, we could get close enough to draw it. with a sharpie. It literally, I damn near did that. And showed him exactly where to shoot it, blah, blah, blah. And he did. I mean, he did exactly what I said and dropped it. So we bled it, blah, 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 which we slit the throat to bleed. And uh, we were sitting there bullshitting, and my buddy went up and kicked it about 10 minutes later, and it stood up. It stood up. I, 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 After you bled it? Every Yes. How? Yes. How I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was crazy, dude. It was nuts. I have never seen anything like it before in my life, and I have never seen anything since. So what's it doing now? Is it did it get, go to law oh, school? We, we shot it three more okay. times. We had to shoot it three more times. Damn. Yeah. And it bled out for 10 minutes. Jeez, that's it a lot of blood in a cow. It didn't even have any blood. I, I swear it had no blood. Um. Okay, so... I have one theory of what could have possibly happened. Yeah. So I'm sure you are familiar with chickens and yeah. how they do that. Yeah. We, okay, so we have chickens and mm-hmm. we've all, we've had chickens for years and every once in a while you get a rooster in the mix yeah. and somebody's got to chop a cock off. Yeah. Yep. So we, uh, I got my brother and my friend Colton and my friend Jeff Hilton and we all like, we're going to work together as a team, get this rooster, pull it out of the coop yep. and you know, restrain him, chop his head off. Yeah, exactly. Seemed easy. Yeah. And so, it always does. <laughs> it always does. My brother Jake brought his daughter, Jed, and she. so she's wandering around, and Colton, my friend, is uh, his whole job was just keep Jed oh, occupied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Jake is, he's the killer. Yep. Like, when no one's saying that, but that's, like, he's always been the guy. Mm-hmm. So um, he's in the chicken coop, and we've got a run that's, like, four feet all yep. with a net over the top so yep. you have to like crawl on your hands and knees or crouch really small oh that sucks yeah, yeah. so he's and there's seven chickens in there running around crazy yep. he's trying to grab one of them yep 
So we had failed already a couple times. <laughs> yeah. And so he's in there and it's just super tense. Everybody is like just zoned in on him and the rooster and he's coming up silently behind the rooster. Yeah. The rooster's in the corner and we're all watching. And then all of a sudden Jed just comes walking around the corner um, next to her dad yeah. in, in the coop with the rooster. And she's just like, dad, what are you doing? Oh no. And he's just like, Colton, what the fuck? And then the rooster starts flipping out and he's like flapping all over the place. And so he just, we, we had a, a piece of PVC pipe with a, a loop of rope in it. Oh yeah, yeah. So he looped it and pulled it and got the tur ch turkey, got the chicken out and uh, brought it around the corner. And we're all screaming at Colton, fucking Colton first, you try to wear brown pants to Alex Mack's wedding and now this <laughs> and the uh we get it over there to the chopping block and Jake I think he did the first one yeah Jake uh held or I held it down actually and Jake chopped his head off and then we're done right no far from it yeah so now they're running yeah so <laughs> he chopped this fucker's head off a little bit of blood squirted out, yep. and then no more. Mm -hmm. And uh, the chicken stood up, was like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. And then just started walking around yep. doing chicken shit. Yep. Pecking around and no head. Pecking the ground with no head. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Okay, I can't say I've ever seen one do that. Dude, I've so never weird. seen one do that. The chicken was perceiving us without any that's without crazy. any ears or eyes. That like, is you nuts. Could, you could walk up to this chicken, and it would, like, react to you. Really? Yeah. And so, wow. and still what wasn't, wasn't bleeding. So I'm like, all right, we didn't cut it far enough down on the spinal cord. What We're going to have to do a second chop on this thing. Yeah. And by this time, Jake had left and it was just me and my friend, Jeff. And so I'm like, dude, I don't want to grab this bloody ass chicken. <laughs> all right. I'm just going to try to give it a good chop freestanding. Yeah. And a uh, terrible plan. Yeah, if I did ever, that once. Have <laughs> you ever got to fucking hit a chicken with a machete? <laughs> Put something hard behind it. Yep. I went, yep. I whacked this thing as hard as I possibly could because I really didn't want it to fail. Yep. And, um, it just like bends around it yes. and it goes flying. Yes. <laughs> it's like you hit it with like, a stick. Oh, that was a mean thing I did. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck. Yeah. And, like, I don't think this thing was feeling a lot of pain, but it did not like that. No, I believe that. And it, like, took off running. It was running at me. It was running away from me. It was just, like, it was chaos. So I eventually had to awesome. chase this thing down, hold it, and then chop it good and low on the yep. back, like, shoulder level. Yep. And uh, then it bled out. Mm -hmm. But I I looked on, I was like, I had to get on the internet and figure out what the fuck that was about. Yep. Like, did I just, I, I've was never... this a demon chicken? Was this a possessed yeah, chicken? it was. Yeah. Something like yep. that. Yep. And it, it turns out they have a power where they can close off the muscles in their neck no shit to stop the blood flow that's why a chicken can run around with his head cut off wow and i did not know that yeah and i guess we hit it high enough to where it still had some control of its motor function wow because uh, i mean like your brain stem has a lot of motor control mm -hmm. but it was bizarre guys crazy, crazy i've thing. never heard of that it, but yeah wow that was the least fun i've ever had killing a bird yeah i kill lots of birds it's fun, huh? Hell yeah. <laughs> with a shotgun. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. With a shotgun. Yeah, you don't want to do it with a dull machete. No. No, we did that. We were doing my buddies last summer because he, he got chickens for the first time. He's virgin to chickens. So he got 12 roosters. Mm -hmm. Roosters? Yeah. Well, he got 24. Half turned out to be roosters. Oh, yeah. So it That was, makes sense. It was slaughter day. He got an unsexed batch. Huh? Exactly. Yep. And it was slaughter day and uh, his nephew which I think he's seven or eight, 
he was there and we were on the last one and he goes i want to and he was standing there the whole time he's doing great you know i i let him cut a head off and everything i mean he was having fun with it so i was like hell yeah you want to hold life yeah exactly I go, you want to hold one well right as i was getting ready to swing the chicken freaked and he let go of it and so i went to get it with the machete just as it was standing on this piece of wood and I hit it, but I just took the comb off. Uh-huh. And holy shit, if you take the comb off a chicken, they bleed. Oh, I bet. Wow, do they I bet. bleed. And then, yeah, he was kind of traumatized from that one. I bet. How's the kid doing now? <laughs> oh, he's good now. Okay. But I look, I turned back instantly because I was just like, oh, shit. You know, I missed. And I was I turned back, and he's just like, I mean, he just had that look of like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here, buddy. You're not going to want to watch this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Yeah. But do you think it's bad? I mean, everybody has to learn about death. Yeah. And not even, there's levels to it. Everybody needs to learn, first of all, that death exists. Yeah. And it's a thing. Yeah. I and mean, that's, that's a thing. You have to learn that everything you've ever loved and everyone you've ever loved is eventually going to die. And that's a hard pill to swallow. And then you got to learn that you are eventually going to yeah. die. So do you think it's harmful or or good or what? How do you think that is being a kid who grew up like in the country where death is kind of more of a norm? And honest, honestly, dude, like I used to worry about it. I used, When I was a kid, I vividly remembered like being scared of dying because I mean, you see it all the time, right? I mean, it's, it's a normal thing for for me, I mean, mm-hmm. hell, I've seen it every weekend for years. Yeah. Like, still to this point, I see it every weekend. But it was something that I just had to come to terms with, you know? I mean, it's hopefully not the end of the world when you're dead, you know? Hopefully something happens afterwards. But if not, well, I guess that's the end of it. And I, I don't know. I just, I don't know what happened. I don't know when or what. It just, I came to terms with it. I accepted mm-hmm. it. You know, and it did, it did. It took a long time, but eventually I just, I guess I accepted it. Because it so, never, it never stops having a sting. No, it, never. Like, death is always hard. Yeah. And honestly, like going back to when I said I messed up on that first cow, I, every time I go to shoot a cow now, I remember that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's something that sticks with you forever. Yeah. And it always will. Yeah. Taking a life is not a easy thing to do. No. And it's, it's not something that you take lightly. No, definitely not. Definitely That's not. That's another thing that is a major problem with uh, people's perception of hunters mm-hmm. is the the grip and grin pictures. Mm-hmm. People perceive those as as in like insensitive because yeah. the the hunter always looks so damn happy. Yeah, well, it, he is happy. Oh, ex- he just got all this really. Yeah, he worked his ass off to. Or yes. she worked their ass off extremely. to get extremely. And and honestly, like the big outfitters. I mean, I'm not trying to talk shit about the big outfitters or anything. I mean, yeah, well, I'm I'm gonna a little bit, but I'm not it's not where I'm going with this. But the big outfitters say like in Illinois and you down in Texas, the high fence country in Texas, you got I mean, these huge outfitters that that is what their business is, is to raise these deer to the point of like borderline record. They look like freaks. Exactly. And I mean, that's their job. That's their whole business, right? So then they get people that all they want is horns hanging on their wall. Yeah. And honestly, I don't like that. I don't either. That sucks because they'll go out. I mean, you watch these hunting shows on TV and shit, and I had to quit watching them because they just started pissing me off. They'd shoot a deer, and they'd find a hell of a blood trail, 
but it got dark, so fuck it. We'll leave it. You know, we'll go find it in the morning. Well, now you just wasted a shitload of meat because I can tell you by looking at that blood trail, that deer's dead. Mm-hmm. You know, 100%. I promise you that deer's dead, and they're going to leave it for 12 hours? Like, really? And then they find it, and it's stiff as a board, so you know that rigor mortis is already done. So now you're into the spoiling stage. And, and then what they, is rigor mortis? What's going on in, in the animal when that happens? I just... I. That's what it, I'm sure every, it's, it's defined chemically somehow. I've never yeah, I have no it, idea. But, but that's a very weird thing. Yeah, it is how they just stiffen up. Yeah, yeah, and and then below. Yeah, and then the weird one is like some animals will get it quicker, like elk, way faster than deer. Oh, really? Way faster. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. If you have it like especially in early elk season, because well, for me in archery, early elk season's in September, so I mean we're still having 85 degree days here and oh, there. That's probably great. Oh shit, dude! You shoot one on That's one of those. That time of year. Yeah, and you shoot one of those elk on one of those eighty-five degree days. It's time to hump, but then dump. Oh dude. yeah, you don't have much. Find that all. son of a bitch like now. Yeah. Because you're not leaving it overnight. You, the faster you can get a gut pile out of an elk, the better. Mm-hmm. For sure, you need to get that thing cooling. Which on a deer, you can let them sit overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, late September, you shoot one right at dark. It's gonna get down to. 45 degrees it'll be fine overnight for sure it will but but you need to be there at daylight finding that deer because something else will well not even that it's just it will spoil Mm -hmm. because you're still not below freezing yeah and you got all that bacteria with the gut exactly yeah and if i mean if you make a bad shot that's a whole nother story grab me another one of those yeah for sure but uh, yeah and i mean if you opener if you make a bad shot then then that changes the whole story yeah but like, I mean, if you make a good shot, yeah, you can leave a deer overnight for sure. But an elk, especially in early season when it's hot out, you need to go find that elk. Mm-hmm. And you need to get the gut bag off of it. And also the hide. Actually, the oh, hide yeah. on an elk will spoil an elk faster than the gut bag in some cases. Oh, really? Yep. Why does the elk fat taste so shitty? I don't want to see. No, I disagree with that. You like it? Oh, fuck. I love it. See, I would like. way rather eat elk over... I would say anything but a hanging tenderloin out of a beef. I mean, I I think elk steak is oh god, it's fucking the best amazing. Protein. Yeah, it's amazing. but the fat is I, and I like so it. bad. I like it. I think it tastes like uh, I don't know. People say gamey, but yeah. I hate that term because it doesn't mean anything. Well, yeah, exactly. Yep, because it, it everything has stanky. its own gamey flavor. Yeah. So okay, now I know what you're saying. Th- you've only I'm guessing. It tastes like bad meat. I'm like, guessing you've only ate. Mature elk, and that's why. That's so this, probably it. this elk I shot last year, it so as an archery hunter I can shoot cows, and uh, well I was hunting in tree stand for the first time, got a little excited. I knew there was a bull coming out, but got a little excited and I shot the first one that walked out, and thank God it wasn't the lead cow, but it was actually a two-year-old cow that had not gotten bred yet. So I mean you're essentially shooting a steer beef in that point. And I'll tell you what, man, that elk changed my entire perspective on wild game. Good flavor? Oh, my God. Amazing. I'll bring you some steaks. All right. I'll cool. bring you some shit on Monday. Right on. Try it. it. Dude, I don't even know how to explain it. It does not have any, like, if I didn't tell you what it was, you'd think it was beef. Really? I'm not kidding. It's pretty, I mean, elk tastes a lot like beef. Yeah. It's better, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It tastes. I like, agree. I don't know. Something about it is invigorating to eat. Mm-hmm. I feel well, better the, when I eat it. The best, I mean, the thing I love about hunting, the biggest enjoyment I get out of hunting is I just put that meat on the table. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked my ass off 
to put that meat on the table. And I mean, I'm the... And people love it. Exactly. And I'm the person where if I shoot something, I'm going to hand it out to everybody I know. I, here, try this. You know, here, try that. You know, it I feels mean... It good. It does. And I, I went out, I'd worked my ass off for months to find these things. And then another month to go find them again, get close enough to get a shot. And, you know, and you then all the up. processing the animal. Oh, good God, yeah. The shooting, it's not even half the job. I mean, that's when the work starts is once you actually get one. That was a part I was not prepared for. And most people aren't. Yeah. You know? It took me a long time. I went. Yeah. I even bought a, a meat grinder mm -hmm. to, like, the attachment for a KitchenAid mixer. Oh, dude, those are, those are uh, not... Very, they're very, not big enough. No, they're I not. I ground they're meat not for very... a fucking week, <laughs> yeah. and it, it was. And I like. I still have some in the freezer. Yep. It was. Yep. It, it was really rewarding to see a freezer full of meat yep. at the end of the project. But mm -hmm. I was like, man, I could have got all this meat for like two hundred bucks. Yeah, it took me a week to yeah, find this up. Exactly. It took me a week to find the deer. Yep. Like. Yep. But then again, I wouldn't have had the experience of getting to go out there with my son and, yeah. and just enjoy nature. For sure. And then you wouldn't have got the satisfaction of when you sit down to eat that meal, you know that came from your local land. Which I love. Exactly. I mean, that is like eating honey from your own bees. Do you, I mean, do you grow a garden too? Uh, I've, tr I've tried. You should, man. I don't have a green thumb. Oh, God. But Miracle Grow is a miracle. It really does. It's amazing fucking stuff. miracle, man. Yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, we've I've done one once or twice, but when no. you can prepare a whole meal from food that you grew and kill. Oh, I bet that's so satisfying. I bet. Oh, I, I have God. not done that yet. See, I, yeah, and I've never had the greens out of a garden to do it, but I, I definitely a lot of the meat I eat. I mean, okay, yeah, essentially, or the beef I eat, yeah. I mean, I grew it. Yeah. Yeah, it's on my grandpa's farm. I still technically shot it it's still some of the best meat you could get yeah and honestly i mean even as owning the cow its whole life basically bottle feeding it and you know i mean you've seen it grow you've seen it this that blah 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 it's a i mean some people would call that a pet i would still call that food but oh, you can eat a pet yeah if, if it's a cow fuck yeah totally. <laughs> but uh you ever seen city slickers uh-uh uh, billy crystal has a pet cow named norman mm. I used to show and sell cows in 4-H. Oh, yeah. And that was the first cow I sold. I'll, I'll never forget it. His name was Buddy. And that cow was a fucking dog. Literally. Like, so. Oh, yeah. His mom his mom died when she had him. Uh-huh. And so I bottle fed him. Like, literally the day he was born was when I started bottle feeding that calf. And. Uh, but that's fun. No. No, no, okay. it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, you're right. I, it's, it's, it's bottle thinking a human's not that fun. No, it's three days a week, or it's three times a day, twenty four seven. It doesn't care what your plans are. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? You're feeding your calf, right? So, I mean, as a kid, that really sucked because I wanted to go hang out with my friends. Kids are so lazy. Yeah. It, well, yeah, exactly. I was, you know, I wanted to go three hang out. Three times a day? That, yeah. That's I've shitty, never man, it was terrible. Kid. Oh, it's shit, dude. I, you didn't say anything about my mustache. I forgot all about it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the I like the bars. Oh, yeah, this is the what I wear for podcasts. Oh, I like it. I'm digging it. Just kidding. But I did it because I thought it would be funny. It is pretty cool, though. I <laughs> I like, actually, my buddy and I were talking about doing the handlebar mustaches. Beards are fun. Oh, man, I love it. Isn't I, it great having a beard? I grew my first one when I was 14, and I promise you I've never shaved it since. You've never shaved? I've never completely shaved. Why not? I Because I got a butt chin. Mm. And I'm never, dude. I don't like my chin. <laughs> I got a butt chin bad. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 
I don't, that's that's a powerful chin. That's a that's a that's a sign of nobility. It's a sign of no one's ever going to see it. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't love my chin. No, I hate my chin, but I don't know. I like I like having a beard. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I used to fantasize about it when I was a kid. Yeah, so did I. It's so weird. And then at 14 rolled around and I was like, holy shit, I got my first hair. <laughs> Where did you start? Right the, the right here. chin? Yep, right in the center? Here. Yep. I still don't grow hair right in the center. Really? It, I used I, to have a bald spot right under my chin, but uh-huh. it, it filled in about four years of having a beard. And man, that was a good day in my life. Yeah. I was pretty damn stoked. Do you use any kind of a beard treatment? Nothing. Oh, dude, you should try some. Yeah. I, I thought about it. I I was uh, in this thing. It was like the the beard club for men, mm-hmm. and uh, they would send like a beard oil and a balm and a brush and stuff. And it really makes having a beard kind of fun. Huh. It's like a, I got a horsehair brush that oh, was no like shit. felt great on my face. That's and, awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Huh. Yeah, it was. Uh, but I stopped doing it because it's like twenty bucks a month. And oh, geez, was that like Manscaped or something? Yeah, yeah. Manscaped. I have that also. Yeah. Um, they I've heard that's really good. This program. They should. They I really should. should. If you're listening, you should sponsor this. That's actually what I just used to to do this mustache was my man's oh, no uh, the the lawnmower 3.0. Hmm. Yeah, it's great. It's got a light on it. You can use it in the shower. Are you shooting me? Oh, it's, it's got a light on it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And it's got to somehow. I don't know how they did it, but they've got the technology to never nick or snag your nuts. Are you shitting me? Never. Not once. I didn't trim my nuts for years for that reason. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't. it's dangerous. Yeah, it's like, I very. can't be you, dealing with bloody no, mess all the time. No, you, do, you don't touch that area with un... It's no. a problem of the past. Yeah, it's a problem of the past. It's like a plastic or ceramic blade. I don't really? know how they do it. But hmm. yeah, I mean, I've really tried. I've like tried to get it to... No snip, shit. No, no problem. Do. Nothing. Wow. Yeah. They try to get you to buy more than one. They're like, you shouldn't use the same trimmer on your nuts that you use on your face. It's gross. It's like, wash it. Says who? Yeah. I'm not telling anybody. Yeah, it's my body. I yeah. tell the podcast. I, I mean, yeah. I did just tell people, but yeah. But if you take a shower, who gives yeah. a shit? And I sometimes do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you think about it every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Manscaped changed my life. Huh. I thought for a while that they caused me a horrible itching problem, mm-hmm. but then I realized it was the scars from my vasectomy. Oh, that will happen. Yeah. That will happen. Anyway, we got sidetracked talking about my nuts. Let's get back to, uh, <laughs> get back to talking about animals. I was enjoying that. Yeah, animals are awesome. I love animals. Mm. And honestly, I like shooting them just about as much as I just love watching them. Yeah. And, and that's another thing that I've never really got into, but I got a lot of buddies that get into it, you know, and they're big time hunters and this and that. And in the off season, well, you just go look at them. Mm-hmm. That's not very cool. I still want to shoot them. Shoot them with a camera. Exactly. That was where I was headed. And that's my buddies. They've been buying cameras and this and that. Dude, they get some badass pictures. I bet. Badass pictures. I mean, that's sweet. So I've been really thinking about getting a camera. and You should, man. Going and sitting in my tree stand again. Yeah. I think anytime you can layer your hobbies, mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Because that's just going to enrich you as a person. Like, you can layer photography on top of hunting, on top of hiking, on top of yeah. just being outdoors. Yeah. All of those things you like, and now it's going to be something you really like. Yeah, and then, I mean, bringing this back to the job, I mean, just being outdoors, being seeing animals. I mean, shit, dude, I was out looking for Spartani the other day and had a coyote charge me. Wow. Yeah. Where at? Uh, You know where Taco Flats is? Hmm. So, you know where all the cops hang out? Yeah. On that big, long straight stretch? Yeah, yeah. So the, oh, it, yeah, yeah. So in, er, right before that, like, headed down this way... There's that dip you go through. I was in out in that slough out there looking for Spartina, and uh, I come around the corner and I was like, "Holy shit, that's a big coyote!" You know, I was like, "Man, I wish I had a gun right now. I'd fucking shoot that some bitch." And uh, 
because I'm a big predator hunter, you know, and coyotes open year round, blah, blah, blah. But uh, there's too many of them. Oh, there's way too many of them. Just in it, case you yeah, have a monster for saying that. Horribly too many of them. Way I mean, too many. Yeah. I mean, we've lost calves. We lose calves every year to them. And they're fucking mean. They are meaner than shit. And smart. Yeah, extremely. They're, extremely they're one of the most successful smart. predators out there. They are ridiculously smart. Oh, my God. I, you know, they used to only be in like a couple places in the country. No shit. And now they are in every state in the union. Oh, yeah. I they're in they Manhattan. There yeah. are coyotes in Manhattan, yep. New York. I knew they were in every single state in the union. I did know that. But I didn't know they were only in a few places beginning. But anyway, they're just highly adaptive. Yeah, they can oh, live in the deserts. Yeah. in the in the for snow. sure. If there's food, they'll live. Yeah, they don't care. It's impressive. But teamwork. I'll, yeah, exactly. And then and that's I mean, you got security in the pack. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got enough of them. Hell, there's something about their reproductive strategy also that really helps them. Like every time one dies two more are born or some shit oh, like no that shit. i don't remember what it is exactly so i've never really done a lot of research on coyotes other than they figure out what the hell your calls are and they will not come to you really it's crazy yeah no. if, if you run the same call if you shoot one coyote on one call that night and they've heard the gunshot go off while that call's going off you better switch your calls or you won't see another one yeah that's i mean They'd have to be real dipshits not to make that connection. Well, and I would think so, but, I mean, they're still a dog. Yeah. You know, true. I mean, the dogs are intelligent, very intelligent, and so you have to outsmart the dog. Yeah. Which, in a lot of cases, is pretty hard. Yeah, it is. And regular dogs like to investigate everything. Yeah. Uh, when it's a pack of dogs, they don't all have to go. Yeah. And they're they're exactly. just— Exactly. And if one, if one goes out to investigate and, oh, shit, it just fell down— we're not going out there, you know, and that's where you start changing your strategies. So now they have this, it's Fox Pro that has this new call out. Well, I guess it's three, four years old now, but uh, as soon as you shoot, it recognizes a gunshot and changes your call instantly. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, and I bought one of those and honestly, that has really changed the game for me in coyote hunting. So it changes it just like so a like, little bit, like a no, different dying rabbit? No. Uh-uh. So like mine will, as soon as I shoot, It'll either go from a dying rabbit or a dying fawn. Oh, wow. So it'll completely change species on you. Mm-hmm. And then it's crazy. I've shot a coyote, and there was only one in the field, and I was playing a, a hare in distress, and I had it set up so as soon as I shot, it played a fawn in distress. Three coyotes came out as soon as I shot. That is so smart. It was crazy. But if you completely change species on them, they're like, holy shit. There's a whole other thing going on. Exactly. I duck hunt in this field, well, in my grandpa's field, and he's got, that's the field that we lose a calf or two in every year, and I mean, we we watch him pretty close, but uh, I'll go out duck hunt during the day, and we go we always go and coyote hunt that night, because as a duck hunter, you don't always get them. I mean, you'll hit one in the wing a little bit, you know, and, and they're tough fucking birds, gee, many Christmas, they're tough. And so they'll fly a little ways and go down and you didn't see them or, you know, you were too busy grabbing the other three that you shot or this and that. I mean, there's tons of different excuses why you missed one, but it happens. And uh, the coyotes know that. Uh They know that when I come out and hunt in the morning, there may be food laying out in that field that night. So we go out that night. We don't even bring calls. We don't do anything. We literally just go out with a spotlight and they'll be flying around in the fields, looking in the ponds, everything for stuff that we missed. Think about how much planning that takes. Right. Like that's like 12 hours later. Yeah. That oh, yeah. Animals are, are able 100%. to remember and or, yeah. or plan ahead. Be like, yeah. oh, I got to remember to go out there tonight. Yeah. That's and then, I mean, then that's a full blown pattern that we've seen because I've went out nights that we didn't duck hunt 
never seen a coyote. I was running calls. I was doing everything. Never seen a thing. And I every single time I go out the night that I duck hunted the morning before, I promise I will at least get two coyotes. Wow. Yep. What do you do with them? Uh, we you skin them? Uh, my buddy used to. Yeah, he used to, and then the price shot way down, and so we just started throwing them on the pile. But yeah, just doing population control. Yeah, exactly. And that's do you what have to it, tag them or anything, or nope. just was it open. It's completely open season year round. Yep, you can hunt them during night. The only restriction on coyote hunting in Washington State is during modern firearm season. You can't hunt them at night. Oh, that's the only restriction. How come? Yeah, because they don't want you. Because a lot of pe- a lot of poachers will go out and say, "Oh, you know, I'm just coyote hunting. That's oh, why yeah. I have a spotlight." So during modern firearm season, that's unallowed. Which I understand that. I respect yeah. that. You know, no big deal. I would like to hunt at night. Oh, Seems God. like it'd be way easier. So much easier. Yeah. So much easier. See a lot more deer at night. Oh yeah. I mean, I I've never done it other than coyote, but you see a lot of deer. Yeah. A just, lot. I mean, of deer. Really, between the hours of four and seven a.m. Yes. I feel like you can just walk around and there's just oh, deer and elk everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Exactly. And, and no that's why you can't hunt them at night. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's why you can't hunt them in those hours because they're a nocturnal animal. Shit. I mean, and that goes back to the, if everybody hunted, there would be no animals. Well, if everybody that does hunt hunted at night, there'd be no animals. Yeah. And if on the other side of that too, I don't want it to sound like I'm, I'm anti-hunting at all because I'm totally for it. Hunting is conservation. Oh, 100%. It is the same 100%. thing. 100%. And like that's something that people should really understand. And that's why I've been preaching this for years. I think that Washington State needs to do kind of what they did with their elk population. And they they took elk to a three-point minimum on the west side. Now on the east side, it's, I, I don't know because I don't hunt the east side for elk. But on the west side, you can only shoot three-point minimum. And the elk herd, since they did that, has increased exponentially. Well, yeah, because there's a bunch of young bulls around it's, just fucking. It's fucking their brains out, man. It's great. And they're like, no one's even shooting yeah, us. This exactly. Is awesome. It's great. And, but for deer, they need to make it at least a two-point minimum, uh-huh. in my my thought, because now you're going to accomplish the exact same thing you did with the elk. But where the elk has a problem is they're getting hoof rot. Oh, I was going to ask you about that next. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and I mean, I don't have any science to back this theory up. This is just a full-blown what I think my opinion. I would love to hear it because I have some opinions about it that, and I also have done no research yeah. other than listening to some people who are 50% crazy. And honestly, I haven't even listened to anybody. This is just my, what I have come up with laying in my bed when I can't sleep. Mm-hmm. So I think that when they did do the three-point minimum, that was great. Yes, the population exploded, and I mean they exploded. There is shitloads of elk right now, but there's too many. There's too many cows. So you have got herds that used to be used to only be able to sustain say 25 cows, and you know you got your few bulls that trickle in during rut and all that. But so say this herd can only sustain 25 cows. Now it has to sustain 75. You know, I mean, they've more than doubled. Mm-hmm. So now it has to sustain these 75 cows. Well, and then that herd gets a little bit of hoof rot starting to run through it. Well, now you have this herd that has 75, this herd over here that has 75, and now they're crossing paths and walking the same ground. So there's your hoof rot starting to spread. And now you just have too damn many cows. So what I personally think is we need to start letting out more cow permits in certain areas where they have a shitload of elk and start knocking the cow population down and maybe not shoot bulls that year, mm-hmm. you know, and get them back in balance. And that and that's the thing, like, 
even with deer, I mean, yeah, okay, you can only shoot bucks in modern firearm season. And that's the season where they get the rut. So that's where you're going to get the majority of the deer being killed. I personally hunt bow for deer so that way I can shoot a doe. I would rather shoot a doe than a buck just for the reason being that the ratio to bucks to does is fucking horrible. They're really oh horrible, dude. So I in which direction? Way more does. Mm-hmm. Way, way, way more does. And my permit, I buy a Wilson Creek permit. It's the Warehouser PL North permit. That's the one I buy. And you go up there, and I mean the deer are thick as fleas. They're just crazy. But I've went up there, no shit, one day, seen 55 deer, not a single buck. Yeah, that seems to happen to me mm-hmm. every time. Yeah, and that's that's where your buck to doe ratio is completely shot. It, it, I just thought I was get, a bad hunter. No, you just need to get them does down. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's it's supply and demand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the does are eating all the food. Balance is everything. Exactly. So, mm. okay, I've seen elk herds that were several hundred animals. Oh, yeah. Why is it that, that we can't have that? If why, why are we reaching? What's the limit? Of too many? Yeah, what causes too many? When, so my opinion on that would be elk run in patterns. They have loops. And I know this for 100% fact because I watch five different herds year round. I know exactly where they should be every single month, what time of month, where they should be. You know the individual animals Ex- in the herd. Exactly. With with the exception of hunting season. So they will get pushed around a lot in hunting season. They'll go, they'll break their everything. I mean, I, I've literally had it where I know where these five herds elk are. And I've known where these five herds elk are for the last five years. Hunting season rolls around. I can't find them. They're running for their lives. Exactly. I yeah. can't find these sons of bitches. It's the elk they cost. Exactly. They're, they're hiding in somebody's they're, basement. They're nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. And so with the exception of hunting season, they run circles, essentially. And uh, when you get too many elk in that one herd running that same circle, and there's not enough food in that circle to support those elk, that's when they start getting sick because they don't have the nutrients to keep themselves healthy. That's when the predators really start picking away at that herd because, again, they're unhealthy. They don't have enough food. They don't have enough protein. They don't have this. They don't have that. Okay, so when you're in the Rocky Mountains and you're you're in like the the foothills where there's just these big expansive valleys with tons of food, mm-hmm. you can get a much larger herd. Yes, because the carrying capacity of the land is correct going to support it. Whereas exactly. here, our 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 pastures are much or not pastures, but our you know our valleys are smaller. Oh, very yeah yeah the woods are, are real separated by and lots we of have water and waves. we have big timber. Mm-hmm. So under that big timber, you're not going to see a lot of undergrowth. You know you're not going to see the nice super nice grass that you see in the Rockies that it's everywhere. So the habitat will determine the size that hundred percent hundred percent okay yep hundred percent and that goes with anything. I mean, 100%. That goes with anything you could, I mean. Like a fish farm. Yeah. Why do you get so much disease in a fish farm? Yeah, because, because there's, there's too just many. too goddamn many of them close together. Yeah, that's, that's like. That's COVID. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah, that's COVID. You're right. It's nature. Damn, that. I wish you would have said that in like 20 seconds because now it makes what I was about to say sound really <laughs> shit. But um, that is Mother Nature saying, hey, there's too fucking many. Yeah, 100%. Time to pull you're you out. Exactly right. That is. The definition of natural selection. Yeah. That like, is natural selection. Only the strong will survive. finest. And that's just what it is. That is true. And that's where, like, now I'm going to go on a COVID rant, but... That's fine. We haven't done that yet. But, uh... I bought 10 COVID tests yesterday. 
So no shit. I never had to worry about it again. I had it. So I didn't have it. My kids had it. I thought I had it. I tested three times, never got a positive test. I got 90 days of immunity. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't know how the fuck to think about it all. You know, people are people are so upset about everything and it's just I don't care. Well, and the problem is is I don't care. I just want to live my life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't give a shit. I'm going to live my life the way I want to live my life. And that's the thing. That that's we should clarify we live in the fucking woods. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we don't Definitely. see people. We have a job where we don't see people. Ever. Like, I, see, I, don't, I see Seth once a day, and then I don't see anyone else until I see my family. At yeah, day. yeah. And I mean, if that's if you see me that day. Yeah. I mean, we could go exactly. a week and never see each other. Yeah. We're both out in the woods or yeah, in the bay we're, or we're doing on the roads alone. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're doing something. Thank the people, God. The, Imagine if we were stuck in an office no, all the time. Nope. Masked no, up and vaxxed up. I'd be logging. I am vaxxed, but I am. I would not be able to do that no matter what. No, even I'd if, be logging. Even if everybody is no. safe. No, who wouldn't do it? Yeah, I got to be outside. It. But, I mean, that, that goes into the COVID thing, and that's why I'm not scared of it. Because growing up where I've grown up, I've accepted death. Okay? I mean, I get it. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. I mean, you just, you come to a terms with it, I guess you could say. We're all going to do it. Exactly. And that's the thing is, if I'm happy... I'm okay to die because I, I died happy. That's, mm -hmm. that's all I care. I want to die happy. If I'm happy in my life, I could die. I like Honestly, right now, I could die. I'm, I'm okay with that. I You know what? I've actually never thought about it that way, but that's my philosophy is that same way. Yeah. Because I just try to, to keep a happy outlook yeah. all the time. I want to be positive. Just in case I die. Exactly. I want to be I'll positive. Go out on a high note. I want to go Exactly. I want to go out on that positive note. I would love to die having sex. Oh, that'd be good. Exactly. I mean, that would be like... Or right after. Yeah, right after. exactly. When you're all spawned out. Yes. <laughs> Only locals use that expression. <laughs> uh, he's just laying there like a spawned out salmon. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's so gross, but it's so fitting. Mm -hmm. It makes perfect sense. Oh, it does too. But I mean, that that's why I try to stay so positive because I know eventually it's coming. And that's why that's COVID has made me so much more of a positive person because I know there's that chance. And now I know it's real. Are you naturally kind of a cynic, kind of a negative person? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's my whole family. My and Oh, God, yeah. My whole family's horrible. With the exception of my brother, which he has epilepsy. So, I mean, he's just always fucking happy, which well, that is good. a blessing. That doesn't to, have to be that way. No, and and honestly, like mentally challenged people, that is a blessing they get. They are always happy. Not all of them. No? No. I have yet to meet one that's just not fucking tickled pink to meet me. I have. Really? I, yeah. But you're right, though. Most, uh, most the of the majority. time. Most I mean, they're the just happier than hell to be breathing air. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I looked at Matthew when COVID hit because, I mean, you see so many people going down in the dumps and they're just, oh, my God, the world's over, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Matthew, which is my little brother that has the uh, uh, brain damage, and uh, he's literally just sitting there like, what the fuck are you guys so upset about? This is great. It's a nice day out, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he's just literally just sat there and rattled off everything positive about that day. Uh-huh. And I sat there and listened to him, and I just went, what the fuck am I doing in my life? He's truly present. Yes. And you're thinking about all the things that could fuck up that your day. That could happen. Yeah. I'm borrowing trouble. Yeah. Exactly. And Matthew's just going, fuck, it's a nice day. 
Kuma just being great, which is my dog, and she's he's like, she's being a, such a good pup today, and holy shit, you know, someone drove by and they waved me, and he's just so happy, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing in my life? God, that is, you could learn so much from that. Oh, yeah. 100%. That's a legitimate skill. Yes. To be able to look at the bright side all and, the time like and that. And honest to God, ever since that day, I have changed my life. Really? To be more positive. There is something, no matter how bad your day was, you can take something positive out of that day. Yeah. Every single time. I, I don't give a shit if you fucking cut your arm off. Guess what? You learned how to not do it to your other arm. And you got a good story. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's something positive out of everything. That That's such a bright philosophy. I yeah. love that. I, I try to do that, too. It's hard. It, it really is, is hard. Extremely hard. You ever notice that sometimes, like, you genuinely want to feel shitty? Yeah. And it's like, 100%. I'm going to be mad now. Yeah, and I'm you want to pick a fight with someone? Yeah. Yeah, and that's a hard rut to pull yourself out of. It really is. It is. And you know what helps though? Hanging out with somebody like Matthew. 100%. Because he doesn't give, he, like, he why give you're not going to put that on him. No, not he even a little bit. his day with your bad attitude. And the best part about Matthew is he's the most honest person I've ever met in my life. He will literally look at you and be like, what the fuck's your problem? It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, okay, nothing, I guess. Yeah, that's good. You know? Yeah, and I mean, he just, he's opened my eyes to so many more opportunities of just, like, being happy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm so much happier now. I don't stress as much as I used to. I roll with the punches a lot better now, especially with the job we have. It's really helped because, I mean, honest to God, we don't know what the fuck we're doing tomorrow. Yeah, it could yeah. always just change on a Yeah, time. I mean, you could have a full-blown month planned out and then never do anything of that month because something happened at the beginning. Something simple. It started raining. Exactly. Like, I guess we got to do something else. Exactly. And so, I mean, everything changes, and that's when Matt got a hold of me, and he was like, hey, you know, I want to go do some wintertime Spartina surveys. He goes, but... I'm probably only going to be able to give you 24 hours of notice. I was like, fuck, that works great. Yeah, that's I mean, that, that is what I live on. Yeah. Somebody called me on Monday, or actually it was Tuesday. Somebody called me on Tuesday, and they needed some some help with gorse. Mm -hmm. So they're like, hey, could you could you maybe give me some herbicide? And I was like, yeah, I absolutely can. And just, yeah, where can I meet you? I'll drop it off. Yeah. And, like, I'm I'm always doing that. I'm like, I'm the type of guy who's like, I'm going to come to you. Yeah, I'm gonna, 100%. That way I don't have to wait. Yeah, because I hate waiting. Oh god, I don't know I how waiting. to do it. I fucking hate waiting. That's why I can't do a normal job. Yeah, I can't hurry up and wait. It's just oh god, I hate that. It's not even that it's miserable. I like I find myself panicking. Yes, I'm like you're stressing out. Yeah, you stress out. Hundred percent. It's, it's you horrible. Do. Yes, yeah, I stress out so bad. It's like okay, you got to get this done, this done, this done, this done, and so and I work amazing under pressure. Me too. Like I am. If you can put me under pressure, like say say our airboat goes down. We need that motherfucker tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to stress myself to unbelievable amounts. Like, I am going to almost puke. I'm so stressed. But I promise that motherfucker will run tomorrow. And you kind of like it a little bit. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Like you kind of get off, off on of that energy. I feed off of it. Yeah. You know, and, that, and I, I hate stressing out because it makes me sick. And it does. It'll make me sick for a week. And, and it will. I mean, I get, I get gut aches. I get diarrhea stress I get, is a I physical puke. effect yeah it's not just mental 100 percent. and I, I start puking i get diarrhea this and that blah 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 but i got that job done in record time yeah you know i mean i bought a toyota oh shit four months ago and i mean it's built it's very built it's got two and a half inch long travel all the way around it's this it's that but when you buy something that heavily high performance 
that comes with a for one a big bill and for two a lot of maintenance because i built the truck or well i didn't build it my buddy built it i bought it off him he needed the money but uh i bought a truck that's heavily built specifically to jump it Mm -hmm. so what do you think he did break it duh he he jumped it you know and then I bought it. What the fuck? First thing I went and did, I went and jumped the son well, of a bitch. You got a jumping truck. I got to jump. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's what that truck is specifically built for is airtime. Mm-hmm. I went and let it see some airtime. How is that? It's crazy. That's got to be kind of a you weird You jump feeling. a truck, it's fucking weird. Does it land front end first? Oh, every time. That sounds not Every fun. single fucking time. I don't like the sound we of that. We custom, well, I helped him build it. And we custom built the front bumper specifically to hit ground. Okay. To just fucking plow ground after a jump. I mean, that was the reason we built that. So you're not breaking chassis by landing No, uh-uh, not at all. And the reason we aren't now is because we built that bumper uh-huh. specifically for it. So as soon as that bumper hits, we actually, he his uh, uncle is a, oh, what the fuck do you call it? Engineer. And he specifically designed this bumper so when you hit straight nose first, it has the perfect angle to just glide you right back to the wheels. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, and then we built it. He gave it. So it's an actual bumper. Like, oh, you're it's, supposed to bump. Yeah. Bump your right Yeah. Back. Oh, dude, you could straight up run into a tree with this son of a bitch, and it won't even dent it. It will wow. push the fucking tree over before it dents this truck. I'm no wrong. crumple zones. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And it is fucking built. And, wow. I mean, the A-arms are all chromoly. It's, if you can break it. I, my hat's off to you, dude. Go ahead. Sounds like, like it would be an expensive fix. Oh, extremely. I mean, the front, just the front end in it is five grand. And that's, oh, just, shit. that's just your A-arms and your shocks. That's just the front end. The rear end was another five grand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's all long travel. Where do you drive a truck like that? Everywhere. Oh, you it's road, it's road legal? Oh, yeah. 100%. Where do you jump a truck like that? In, anywhere. <laughs> anywhere you want. <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Rock pits. I mean, you go, and that's the thing about it. And this is the crazy part. So when I was 17, I bought a 94 Toyota, and I built the shit out of it. I love building stuff to the point where I'm very hard on shit. Yeah. If I can make it where I can't break it, oh, game on. I will break it. I promise you I will break it. And so I built the holy shit out of this truck. I completely straight axle swapped it i went no suspension other than leaf spring so i could get the most flex out of it i possibly could and i took it on four-wheeler rides mm. and that was what i built it for wow yeah I, my buddies would call me up and be like hey we're gonna go on a four-wheeler ride we're gonna go hit this trail this trail and this trail and i'd be like oh right on sweet i'll take the truck mm-hmm. and they're like oh okay right i went everywhere those fucking four-wheelers did huh. everywhere but I yeah. broke the shit out of everything. No, li- uh-huh. no lift or anything. No lift. What about just, tires? Big tires? Yeah, I cut it. So it fit 35s. Oh, wow. Yeah, I cut it all out so it fit 35s. So that way I could still clear the ruts. Uh-huh. But no, I didn't want it to sit. I mean, yes, it sat higher in stock because it had 35s on it and shit. But I put leaf springs under it that still sat stock-ish, mm-hmm. you know. And that was a fun truck. It was a really fun truck. But I rolled it. And then I sold it to my buddy, and he rolled it. But go have a roll cage in it. No. Oh. Fuck no. We put three cabs on it and a couple beds, and so it's a Frankenstein. Truck. Oh, 100 percent, dude. Yeah. It was like four different colors, <laughs> but it was funner and shit. Dude, that's so much fun as a kid. Oh yeah. There's nothing better. No. When you like the first time that you have mobility, mm-hmm. when you're like, mm-hmm. I can move across this planet, 
without the use of my physical body. I just right. push a button or a pedal or a turn a handle and yep. I just go. Yep. That's such a freeing feeling. Yeah. I fucking love that feeling. Yep. I still it's love great. that feeling. It's great. But when you're a teenager, it's it's particularly it's special. It's very freeing. The first time you're out there driving by yourself mm -hmm. without an adult in the car. Oh God. It's like I've never been so happy as that time. I experienced that one the first time at twelve years old. Me too, actually. And it was fucking awesome. What was the scenario? I had to go feed my cows. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had to drive my dad's car home. He got drunk and left it. <laughs> That's awesome. I almost T-boned a Corvette. Oh, fuck. Uh, I didn't have to go far. My dad had got drunk the night before at the Harbor Lights, which is now the Salt Pub and Hotel. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, at the Port of Iwako there. It's, it's a cool spot. Great Cubano. Um, back then they had a thing called the R burger, which was my, that was my jam. I w it was like a, a bacon cheeseburger with ham and egg on it. Mm -hmm. It's like a breakfast and a lunch. So good. <laughs> anyway, he, he would go out and party there at night, um, when we thought he was working. And so <laughs> he, uh, he left his car there and it was an older car, 90 ish Nissan Maxima. Oh yeah. So yeah. like four yeah. cylinder. Oh no, that was a six cylinder. Yep. That was yep. a six cylinder. Definitely. That was a fast car. Uh -huh. Yeah. They're spunky. They, they make pretty good cars. But anyway, Nissan Maxima. I stopped at the stop sign and I was so fucking nervous. And my dad's like, hey, put this baseball cap on so that you look older. Yeah. Like, oh, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Like, Change my age here. Well. <laughs> and I knew how to drive, but not, I didn't know the laws of the road. Yeah. I knew how to operate a vehicle, uh -huh. but I did not know how to legally operate a vehicle. Yep. So I was terrified, but it's not like I'm going to tell him that or even let him see that I'm yeah. nervous. Yeah. And if he senses any kind of nerves, he's like, it goes I'm, back to the confidence thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not letting this kid drive yeah. a car. Exactly. So I'm like, of course I can do this. Yeah. No worries at all. Yep. And um, I was following him. He drove the van, dropped me off at the car. He pulls away from the stop sign. And I was so fixated on following him for some reason, just because yeah. I'm, I'm 12. Yeah, exactly. That I'm not paying attention to the, the oncoming traffic. Uh -huh. And a Corvette comes oh, no. to turn yeah. where, where, onto the road that I'm stopped at. And I was anticipating it going by me. Mm -hmm. So it was going, thinking it was going to be going faster. Yep. And so as it starts, like right in front of me, I just... Hammer the gas. Oh, shit. And uh, the car, like, you know how the pedal feels so different when yeah. you're, it's a new car. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. and the Corvette punched it also and got around me and I, I didn't hit it. I drove to the shop. It was like two minutes away. Yeah. And I was just like, I never want to drive again. The amount of adrenaline that was coursing through my yeah. body after I almost hit that car, like I, I was fucking excited. I loved it. And I, I've always loved driving. That's it's, awesome. It's fun. Get a bathroom. Yeah, we can go in the house if you need to use a toilet, but if you just got to piss, we'll just go outside. Yeah, that works. Can we pause this? Yeah. Perfect. All right. Yeah, I gotta go hit the piss real quick. This is fun. It's fun, huh? Yeah. I like this setup. It's, yeah, it's pretty simple, but very much enjoyed. Yeah, this is awesome. Podcasting's fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to do this. I wish you paid better. Yeah. Definitely every day. Definitely gonna do this. This is fucking awesome. It's it is really fun. Yeah, it, like it's because I I've always been a creative person. I mm -hmm. really really like the way it feels to make things, mm -hmm. and I don't have any skills, so it becomes very difficult. You're starting to get a lot of them though. I'm trying to acquire some. Yeah, it it's. I was always so jealous of those people who could just sing, mm -hmm. or who could just dude right. Anything, I get, yeah. Anything. I, I People get who you. could just shoot a fucking basketball, throw right. a football, yeah. You know, um, draw, draw a picture. That's why I took up bow hunting. I actually was thinking that while you were talking about bow yeah. hunting, the amount of satisfaction I get from 
just successfully doing something physical yeah. without thinking about it mm-hmm. is so profound that it yeah. makes me wish I did it all the time. Well, and that, I mean, I take it for granted because, like, I got a buddy, his name's Roscoe, he's my Mexican friend. I, I call him my Mexican buddy. He's very whitewashed. He's He, he is, like... He's my best bud. I mean, in all reality, that's that's like my brother. I look yeah. at him as my brother. The reason you know we're not brothers is we're different colors. Yeah. And that's just all it boils down to. But I love the kid to death. I'd do anything for him. And he wanted to get into bow hunting two years ago. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, bow hunting's great. It's, it's super easy. You get the elk in the rut. You get this. You get that. And... uh so he went and bought a bow, and I told him, you know, I, I go, go to this bow shop, blah, blah, blah. They'll set you up. I can't go the weekend he chose to go. So I was like, I called him. I actually called him, and I was like, hey. I told him who I was. They know me. It's where I buy all my bows. It's where I do all my business. They've set me up because I make all my own arrows. I, I have my own bow press now. I do all my own work on my bow myself. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's very expensive to own a bow extremely yeah it's almost like owning a car and time consuming extremely time consuming but if you like it you want to put that time into it just like having a car exactly that and you need to work on exactly like an old and car. it goes back to where i'm building my new toyota i mean it's i get satisfaction working on that shit and if i can build my own arrows and if i can put my own strings on my bow and i can do everything to my bow well, I'm the reason I'm successful. Yeah. You know, I mean, that that's my satisfaction. So he was like, yeah, he goes, I think I want a bow hunt. I want to be able to shoot a doe. I want to be able to get the elk in the rut, this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, yeah, no problem, you know, get a bow. I told him, you know, go to this place. And uh, they got new owners now. But uh, The place you go? Yeah. Yeah. And the new owners are awesome. But the old owner was an old guy, and I get along with old guys really well, and I really— guys are the best. And I really liked him. Well, yeah, there's a lot of I mean, they can still be cool, but that racism— You you got to really look past that. And then they don't quit on it, and you're like— They want to double down. Yeah, and you're like— like, I thought you were cool. Yeah, and you're like, dude, come on. Get with the times. Like, we can't be saying that shit anymore. Yeah. You know? Dude, a lot of the time, they're not even really racist. They're just trying to make sure that you're cool. Yeah. And I'm just like, you got to come that. up with a new litmus test. Yeah, for sure. It's, Definitely. It's just, yeah. Because, I mean, we're at the point now in life that there's just words you don't say. Yeah. Especially as a white man or even a black man or a, a Mexican person or an Asian person. There's just shit you don't say. Yeah. You know, you just. And everybody has to deal with it. Yeah. Everyone's oh, 100%. has got their own set of words they shouldn't say. 100%. And it doesn't mean you can't. It just means no. you really shouldn't. You have no, no. reason to. Yeah, and there, exactly. And it, it comes down to respect. Yeah. I mean, respect in my life is everything. I, it's important. I show respect because I want respect. I mean, you treat people how you want to be treated, so goddammit, I'm going to show you as much respect as I can. I could hate your guts. I will respect you if you respect me. I will. And that's just all it boils down to. If, if you show me respect, I will show you the same. I yeah. promise. I, I'm realizing as we're having this conversation, you and me share a lot of philosophies, mm-hmm. like fundamental principles about how to be. Yeah. That I didn't realize, but that's one of them for sure. Yeah. The, just like, I, I say this all the time to my family. If you're nice to me, I will be nice to you. Oh, definitely. I, I It's almost to a fault. Yeah. Somebody who's a real piece of shit, who's like- Yeah, when you're out doing what you do and someone walks yeah. up to you and it's like, oh, you motherfucker, blah, 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 blah. You're really going to be nice to them? 
I, it's hard. You're not gonna. I I actually have I've practiced so much I can. Really? But when dude, I am not. I can't. In a I, professional setting, I can. I walk away. I, have I do. To. I that's have to. to. Well, you give them my card, and then well, yeah, walk exactly. Away. But <laughs> yeah. that's why I'm good. Only at Only ever that. had to do that once. That's but, good. But on the flip side of that, though, when somebody who is doing something wrong, like mm-hmm. somebody who's maybe breaking the law or or taking advantage of even of me, mm-hmm. and then they're nice about it, I'm just like, oh, fine. Yeah. Get out of here. Right? Yeah, exactly. I can't stay mad at dude, people. Yeah, no, me. Either. Life's too I, short. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna, dude. I dreamed of being a game warden. And then I talked to a game warden, and I was like, oh. You ready for everyone to hate you? Yeah, never mind. I don't want to be a game warden. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, fuck that. Because I'm that guy that, okay, yeah, there's someone out there poaching, but they don't have food. They don't have money. They don't have this. They don't have that. This is what they know how to do. If you go shoot a deer, and you're feeding your family, and especially if it's a doe, you go shoot one. In, in the right time, I mean, because, like, you go shoot one now, they're going to have babies. I mean, you don't want to do it now. But if you go— You shoot, don't want to do it at all, but— No, you don't want to do it at all, but— I get I mean, the point you're making. Though. In all reality, if I was a game warden and someone shot one and I caught them, especially if it was a younger guy and he's like, dude, this is—and he was just dead— I'm on, hungry, bro. Exactly, and he was dead honest with me, and I knew he wasn't lying. I'd be the game warden that just turned around and say, you never fucking seen me. That's the good game warden. Yeah, but I couldn't do it because they can't do that. I mean, you'd get fired. Exactly. But yeah. A- exactly. I wouldn't have a job right now because yeah. I promise you I would have already done that. It happens a lot. It does. And honestly, I know people that way. And I hate poachers. Hate them with a passion. But if you need food, you need food. Hungry people will do some if you, wild shit. Dude, if you need food, you need food. Yeah. And, Everybody does. And honest to God, I support that. Me too. To a point. I mean, as if, much as it sucks, I do if too. If you're eating what you kill and you're not going out for horns and trophies and this and that, you're specifically going for food. How am I ever going to tell you you're doing something wrong? How does anybody? Right. That's you're doing what our ancestors did. Yeah, that's where things get real slippery real fast. Exactly. Because that's why I can't be. A somebody has to be in charge. Exactly. We're, we're like I know we're adults here, but somebody's got to be the one who's enforcing the rules. And then it turns into a he said, she said bullshit where, yeah. you know. You, then you people know. are trying to win instead exactly. of just get to the end of it. Well, and then and now you have people that are out there that are trophy hunting that just pack around a picture of a dude with a goat or something, you know, and, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're just getting it for them. And then it's like, well, who do you believe? Yeah. You know, because there's too many people that lie. Yeah. What's this goat thing? Yeah. Oh, it it's an old joke from my dad that uh, there was an old dude. His name, it was a news bomb, actually. And he cut wood for years and years and years up on Warehouser Land, and we never knew how he got away with it. And my, uh-huh. my dad just said he had a picture with a dude with a goat that was homely or homeless, and all he had was a goat. Oh, he's just like, I got to get this guy yeah, warm. Exactly. I need wood to burn to yep. get this guy warm. And that was my dad's joke. So that's, uh-huh. that's where that comes from. Okay. Shout yeah. out Seth's dad. Yeah. Yeah. He's a real dick. <laughs> <laughs> but now, yeah. do you live with your parents? Yeah, I still, sadly. Well, I live with my dad. Okay. So this is the best thing that ever happened, but the strangest thing that's ever happened in my life. So my family, mom and dad side both, have never had a successful relationship, ever. None of them. Mom, my mom and dad, they're split now. My mom had her marriage before my dad, and they got divorced. My grandma and grandpa, they're together. They've been together for 
Jesus, like 50 some years, but they aren't even close to fucking happy. <laughs> Not even a little bit happy. Uh-huh. My aunt on my mom's side, she's been married and divorced. Now my dad, oh God, my dad's side, I don't even want to get into that. Everybody's been fucking married at least twice and divorced, except for my uncle and my dad. My dad's been married and divorced once. My uncle, him and his wife are still together, not even close to happy. So, Do you know anybody who is married and happy other than me? Maybe Ed. Yeah, Ed. Yeah, Ed. 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 It's hard, man. Ed. It's fucking hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. yeah. And, and honest to God, that's why I don't care to ever get a girlfriend. No. I mean, I don't. I, I'm single right now. I'm happy to be single. I like to go fishing. I like to go hunting. I don't have anyone to bitch at me. You're going to want to get your dick wet. Oh, and I do. Probably daily. I do, but that's... I, I guess have, you don't have to have I don't a girlfriend have to date for that. Someone yeah. for that, you know. I can go to a bar. Yeah. Eventually, though, you're gonna you're gonna get. I don't know. Lonely is, is not the right word because it's not just like lo- lonely sounds pathetic. Yeah. But you're just gonna want companionship. No, I agree. A hundred percent, I agree. And the last girlfriend I had, we were together for five years, and the weird one was we were together for five years, but I knew I wasn't gonna marry her, but I couldn't get away from her. You also can't admit to her that you know that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and it, it was just weird. and it Because it, it she doesn't know that. No, not even a little bit. And then you start to feel shitty exactly. that you're not telling her that. Exactly. And then, and then it brings up this just weird, like, vibe that's just... And it never goes away. You just feel disconnected. Yeah. You know, and it... Because it, you are. Uh, yeah. And, and I mean, honestly, I loved her to death. I did. I'd do anything for her. Probably, honest to God, to this day, I still would. But every time I went hunting or every time I went fishing, I knew I was going to be in trouble when I got home. I was just talking about that. Yeah. I just, I knew I was going to get in trouble when I got home. She wasn't the right girl. Exactly. And honestly, that's why I'm not looking. I just, I like to hunt. I like to fish. God, it's so nice to be able to just go off. Do whatever the hell you want. And, and like take a trail and not worry. Like maybe this trail's too long. I might go. Yes. I I just want to be able to go. That's and what I, you should be doing at this time of your life. Yeah, and I ride dirt bikes a lot. Mm-hmm. And that was honest. That was the reason we broke up because I got back into it. I used to race until I broke my back, and so I got out of it because I didn't want to like paralyze myself. Yeah, no one wants to do that. No, and I I went to four wheels after that. And come to find out, they chase you. They'll paralyze you oh, too. Oh boy, in a hurry. Yeah, I broke my neck twice on one oh, of those. Fuck. Yeah, I broke my back twice and my neck twice. And you're still riding. Yeah, I'm still riding. It is a lot of fun. It's like getting bucked off a horse man get the fuck back on yeah you know and uh what are you gonna do not ride dirt bikes yeah i'm not like everybody else bunch of normies yeah i'm not gonna do that no way no my my fucking best friend owns a full-blown mx track yeah you gotta ride i'm going to ride like (laughs) i rode when i was a kid and it is a a fucking blast oh it's so much i haven't done it as an adult uh shit dude you should come with me i got three bikes uh, I, you should I'm come afraid. down sometime. I'm afraid. You should do. I got. I yeah, got I little would, bikes. I, do it. I got big bikes. I got three of them. I'm not going off any jumps though. No, you're good. <laughs> I do. I don't want my wheels to leave the ground, really ever. But yeah, the, uh, I love riding. But I. Well, see, and that was airborne is no way. Do you know Wardkirk MX? Yeah. Yeah. So that's like. I mean, he might as well be my fucking brother. I've worked mm-hmm. there since I could walk. Essentially, is that where the, the Buffalo Farm out there on? Yeah, there's one out there. Yeah, at the very end, but the the motocross track is at the very beginning. Yeah. 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 He came out and yelled at me one time. Yeah, he'll do that, Bob. Yeah, tell him to shut the fuck up. Tell him you know me. I will next time. Yeah, tell him. I it, didn't know you then. Yeah. This was like six years ago. Yeah, if Bob. If Bob don't like spray. No, I know. Yeah, he don't. And he's weird like that. He just don't like spray. It's not that weird. No. It's but, not that weird at all. But he just, I don't know why. 
I've tried, and honestly, like, we've had full-blown debates about it. Like, we've gotten heated, but we respect each other, so, I yeah. mean, it's, it's whatever. But Aren't those great debates oh, with God. heated yeah. debates with people you respect? Oh, gee, many Christmas, dude, we have gotten into it about it. and That's because, how shit gets resolved. Yeah, 100%. And guess what? I sprayed his fucking scotch broom the next day. Oh, yeah? You yeah. cycle beer? Yeah. No, nice. yeah, 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 yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Dude, I get it 100%. I'm not at all confused when people are like, I'm a little hesitant about the pesticides. Oh, yeah, I totally It's get the it. same with the vaccines and, oh, yeah. and all that stuff. It's 100%. just, it's the uh, the unknown. Mm-hmm. It, people people are afraid of the unknown, which they should be. Oh, yeah, Because there's potentially hazardous things in the, yes. in the unknown. Yes, but, I respect that. Yeah, yeah, at a certain point, though, you have to balance benefits with, with risk. Yes. And, and people are... They're taking on way more risk than they're aware of in their mm-hmm. day in their day to day lives. Yeah. Just by like going outside. Yes, going yeah. outside. The sun, full of harmful radiation. Yep. The, the food system that we are, most of us are a part of, yeah. is full of harmful yeah. chemicals. GMOs. GMOs. Pesticides are yeah. they like. This county's huge. Yeah. It, it starts, you start to feel like you're always driving. Yeah, always. Dude, I mean, to get from one, to get from the tip of Long Beach to Toakland. It's two like, hours. yeah, and that's from one tip to the other. I mean, like, it's, it's two miles apart. Exactly. That's the crazy part. Yeah, I wish we could just run boats everywhere we went. You could just do so much more. Dude, we fucking can. Yeah, and like, we should. Like, we honestly, should. We, we have really the should. It's not as fun to do in the rain, but it's, yeah. Yeah, no, it's not fun at all. Yeah, man. you're right. There's so much water here. Yeah, it's and honestly, incredible. I mean, even from South Bend to Toakland, if you drive by road from South Bend to Toakland, it's 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And if you go by boat, it's 15. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I wonder in gas how much different it is. Those boats really eat up the gas. But that small block really don't. Really? It's not that bad. But we need an engine. Oh, that thing's got a lot of hours on it. Exactly. And, I mean, I drained the oil in it the other day when you were up there, and we're going to need an engine. Pretty black? No, it's not even. It's shiny? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. It's probably main bearings. Mm. would be my guess and that's not good yeah i don't know enough about engines to know what's going on but when you see metal shavings in the it's oil horrible as bad horrible i mean Water. that could be anything yeah anything but i was talking to ed about that today and i was like and he goes you think you could milk it another season uh, i don't know i mean and that's the thing i mean you look at the oil and i've i went to school for four years to be a mechanic and then went into spraying but dude i went to school for psychology yeah and then i went into spraying yeah i mean this is just what called me at the right time and this is where i wanted to be so so i have a very good mechanical background and when you see shit like that in the oil yeah you might have another thousand hours or you might have an hour yeah i mean it's a bearing at that point you and it's a boat yeah you just don't know you don't want to really risk it with a boat no not really but we're probably gonna yeah. A little bit. Oh, we have to. A little, little, bit. little, little bit. bit. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's so much better than it used to. When I was at the wildlife refuge when mm-hmm. I was at 18, uh, people were taking risks all the time. Oh, yeah. We had to. Yeah, exactly. We're trying to. Uh, well, push, I mean, when the Spartan is everywhere. Exactly. I mean, that's all you see. You have to. Yeah. You have to. But we're at the point now where it's like, well, now the green crab's picking up. And I think, I truly think the green crab's going to be the next Spartina. If the people in the leadership positions handle it correctly. Of course, yes. But I don't know that that's going to happen. It didn't happen uh, with Japonica, and it didn't happen with shrimp. I could talk a lot of shit about WDFW on that one. Yeah, me too. A lot. 
but you have too many people in WDFW that are like, I just want the fucking money. I don't give a shit what happens. Uh, yeah, that's the leadership that I was exactly. just talking about. Yeah. Exactly. And that that's the, pro- the hang-up we have right now. Yeah. I mean, it's just all there is to it. I get that because I just, I get it. I've been in that position when you're, you have 10 projects already going. Yeah. And then somebody presents this new thing to you that is kind of in your wheelhouse, kind of not. You're like, I could or I couldn't. It's so easy just to not. Yeah. Because you, you can justify it. Like, yep. I'm already doing this and this and this. Why would I need to take on this also? Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm really worried that and, that will happen. And honestly, that was where I was like that with Ed. When he first wanted to take on this Green Crab project, and I mean, I was a temp at this point, and I told I told Ed, I go, you know, I go, we already have, not weed, we already have Spartina. We have the gorse and everything that we helped Jeff out on. He's like, yeah, but I don't want to do those anymore. And, and that was where, I, that was what I needed. I mean, yeah. that, that was what we needed. It is the sole reason why, I mean, and I wasn't full-time, so I, I mean, really, I had no say in it. But you did, actually. You, Ed was training you for this job before, before you I even realized knew it. it. Yeah, Before I even knew it, and that's the crazy part. He was training another guy before you, and then that guy didn't work out. Yeah, and honestly, like... I, I didn't. What, you might want to wait on that one, but okay. we're at two hours now. Okay. Um, if like we we've officially hit the end, but I, we can keep going. I'm I'm enjoying this, but yeah. uh, the uh, yeah. If you uh, just wanted to let you know where we're at, you're you're an adult. You make your own fucking choices. We get to keep talking. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Well then, we'll would you grab going. me another one too? Yeah, of course. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I like bullshit. Me too. If you can't tell, yeah. <laughs> I'll sit here and we'll rack that time up. Yeah, <laughs> this will be a good one. But back to Ed. He yeah. was, speaking of which, he was scheduled for a podcast this week, but we yeah, had, and he said he didn't do it. What the my hell? Kid, my kids got COVID last oh, week, and yeah, Ed's, yeah, yeah. Ed's like I don't know. He's at least fifty five. He's elderly. He's seventy five. Okay, something like that. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> he's elderly. But I was worried that <laughs> tell him that. I was like, don't you dare tell him I called him elderly. <laughs> he would fucking kill me. He'd find you. Yeah. Well. Honestly, he does not accept that about himself at all. And that's the reason he's still so youthful. 100%. And honestly, I respect the hell out of that. I'm trying to take notes. Yes. Like I I told him that today. I go, dude, I go, you and my grandma. I go, my grandma is the exact same age as you, and you both are kicking like there's no tomorrow. I was like, dude, tell me what you do. Like, what is your daily routine? I need to know that. I've uh, So... Over the years, I've, I've noticed a few things that Ed does that I think are contributing to his longevity. Mm-hmm. One of them is that he's a pescatarian-ish. Yeah, yeah. He yep. eats meat, but only in limited quantities. Eats a ton of fish. Lots of fish. Eats a ton of vegetables and nuts. Yeah. Like, yeah. really gets a lot of protein from nuts, and they yep. have good fats and everything. Well, and honestly, ever since I met Ed and he told me, like, what how he eats, I think my dog's blowing up in my truck. Mm. I hear. Uh, I got Could my, also be my dog. I got my collar. Oh. She'll be fine. That's my dog. Uh, but anyway, I've I've listened to what Ed eats, and now I eat a salad every single day. Uh, so don't you feel better? Oh, dude, so much. Your mood's better? Yeah, and like, honestly, when I started doing it, like, I got I kind of got the runs from it. And I was like, what the hell, you know? And then I started thinking, I was like, well, I'm just going to keep it up, you know? Like, we'll, we'll keep it up for two weeks, see what happens in two weeks. And then I just started feeling better yeah. and better and better, and I was like, 
holy shit, this works. You don't have the microbiome in your gut yeah. to process it at first. Those bacteria actually come in on the food. Yeah. And then the next time you have a salad, they're already there. Yeah. And so exactly. you're not getting Dude, I just, I just started feeling better and then I was more awake and then I was more energetic. And then I was like, holy shit. You're not getting the works. cravings. You don't have to drink five right Yeah, there. right? Yeah. This works. I was it like, really holy does. shit. Dude, the... I, every time I do that, and I, I, I'll do it for a while, and then I'll forget or I'll get busy or whatever and go back to, you know, living rough. But mm -hmm. every time you do any kind of a healthy thing like that, yeah. it, it starts a cascade in your systems of, like, this feels good. Yeah. I'm going to keep doing this. No, it's amazing. And the longer you do it, the better it feels, and then you can add new stuff. And yeah. then before you know it, it's like, shit, I'm actually healthy. Yeah, and that's Spartina. I mean, I love doing Spartina because we go out there and we put 10 to 12 miles in a day walking. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. It was so good that night. Yeah, dude. And I mean, it's, yeah, okay, it's a field. Yeah. But you're jumping sloughs, you're jumping logs, you're this, you're that. It's not just a walking trail. No. And you go walk 12 miles on that's flat. You find an old bottles. You're like, exactly. you're playing, uh, you know, javelin with your yeah. bamboo stick. Yeah, and like, you're walking in grass that's up to your armpits. It's hard. Exactly. It's not, never easy. Not anybody can do it. No. I, I mean, it is definitely, you have to be self-disciplined to do this job, especially to the point now where there's not much Spartina around. Yeah, so it's become such a mental game. Exactly, and you have to be able to keep yourself in that game. And and it, it gets to a point where it's just mind-numbing, and so you have to go, and, and you have to put yourself in a different spot. You're just like, okay, I can't look for Spartina right now. I yeah. need to take a break. I'm fucking miles from the boat, so going back's not an option to go eat lunch. Yeah. So let's go hit the woods real quick. Try and find some sheds for 20 minutes. Yep, take a little get break. Get our asses back out there, and wing, bang, boom, we're back into Spartina. And, and you're just, so much sharper. Yeah, exactly. You come back from a 20-minute exactly. breather. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like and, a whole new day. And that's what I tell everybody that works with me. It's like we get like four or five miles from the boat, and we look back, and, I mean, we're burnt. Just yeah. We haven't found shit. We're burnt out. And I look back, and I go, well— Guess we're not going for lunch because that's not an option right now. Yeah. But there's a huge ass timber patch next to us. Let's go look for fucking sheds for probably some chanterelles in there too. Exactly. Let's go look for something cool for 15, yeah. 20 minutes. Find some back. joy. And then and the crazy part is every time we come back, within 15 minutes, we find a plant. I noticed that too. And I always wonder if it's like, did we just miss a few earlier yeah, today? Because right? we were burned out. Yeah. And it usually is. And, and all it is exactly because when we start that second pass, it's like holy shit, I walked right past this yeah. the first time, you know? Yeah. And the way I like to do it is we walk a certain way first pass, and then we do it backwards. That's how pass. I always did it too. You know, because then you're looking at everything from a different direction. The sun's in a different spot. Exactly. It, it seems complete. You trick your brain to think it's completely different. Yeah. Without even knowing you did it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're looking at everything from a different angle, so nothing looks the same. And now you just found four more plants that you literally walked right over. Yeah. Fast. And you have to override your impulse to ignore certain areas that you yeah. walked in previous years. Yeah. 100%. Because otherwise you're just like, oh, I know there's none over there. I'm yeah. tired. I'm not walking next and that And that mindset is what screws this up. Beginner's mind. You got to have it. Yep. Yep. You, you got to have mind. You got to have the drive. You have to have genuine curiosity for your work. Yep. That will keep you alive mentally forever yeah. no matter what you're doing yeah if you just try to foster genuine curiosity like i'm just want to see what happens if i yeah. do it this way yeah and like and and try to reject bitterness it's so easy yeah. to get bitter at oh, work sure when you're getting paid for something 
it suddenly becomes, and there's research to back this up, it suddenly becomes very difficult to enjoy it for just for the sake of enjoyment. Like mm -hmm. they, they do studies where they'll like ask people if they enjoy crossword puzzles. Yeah. And the people who say, yes, I love crossword puzzles, they use them as their participants. I'll give you five bucks to do this crossword puzzle. And other group, they don't give them any money. And then they ask them at the end, how much did you enjoy that crossword puzzle? The people who were paid will almost always report that they enjoyed it less than yeah. the people who were not paid. Yeah. And the the explanation for that, at least that the researchers thought, is that the people who were not paid have to resolve that state of cognitive dissonance mm -hmm. where it's like there's a disconnect between what you believe is right and how you live your life and like your principles. It's like, I'm not going to do something that I don't enjoy for free because mm -hmm. that would be, I'm letting someone take advantage of me or whatever. It's our ego or whatever it is. And to resolve that, you say, well, actually just, I just enjoyed it. Yeah. So I, yeah. it's fine. So if you're at work, you have to try to leverage that information to make your day better by just being like, I don't care if I'm getting paid or not. I like being out here. Yeah, like, exactly. It's a and good that, place to be. And that's where I'm at with it. I mean, my happiest place, again, is just being on the water, being close to the water. And I mean, that's where I work. Yeah. Like, Willapaw Bay specifically is my favorite point on this planet. Right. There are right. no better places. No, I agree. I, I've not found if one I, yet. If I can, I could literally go and sit in a boat that's broke down in the middle of the bay and be the happiest I've ever been in my life. I've done it. I, I, I've done it more than once. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and like, honestly- You can't you, do anything. You can't go anywhere. No, you're just fucked. But you're happy. And you look around and you go, well, son of a bitch, at least I'm fucked in a good spot. Yeah. You know? It's shining. Exactly. I was one time broke. I wasn't broke down. I was stuck. I yeah. drove in some sand mm -hmm. and airboats do uh, not no. slide across sand. Not nothing even, Nothing does, actually. No, nothing at all. Not even a little bit. No. No, they hate sand. Stops so fast. Oh, shit. Yeah. You could be doing 40 miles an hour and come to an abrupt stop. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, and so if you've never driven an airboat, which obviously most of you have, but they go on land. Oh, as 100%. long as it's wet. Yeah, it has to be wet. But has to be. sand. No go. No. So you can be cruising be on like sand. two inches of water and then all of a sudden stop. Stop. And you know, your face is getting lodged in somebody's ass and you're Yeah, or passenger. or either that or seen you're that happen. flying out of the boat. Yeah. I've seen that if happen. If you're lucky, yeah. land on the mud. Yep. Seen that happen. There's uh fewer injuries than you would think. Oh, 100%. Because there's yeah. just soft stuff. Yeah, it's everywhere. crazy. It's, it's all like forgiving. Yeah. All forgiving. I watched that airboat run over a man. <laughs> Holy and, shit. Ah, my legs. But he was, his head was out, but yeah. it, it got his whole legs. Yeah. And um, he was fine. He got <laughs> back in the boat. He's a little muddy. Well, I forgot that guy's name. He's from the South. But the crazy part is, like, especially come airboats and shit. I mean, everybody watches these, like, gator hunters and stuff down in Florida. And I mean, everything they run on is wet. Yeah. And I mean, people ask me daily, oh, you guys can go anywhere you want. I go, no. No, not even close. You have like, to know really well where you Exactly. Go. You got to know how to drive a fucking boat. Also, there's no reverse. So None. if you decide there's to try no something. Yeah, there's no brakes. No brakes. You want to no. try something, you better be sure you can get through it. Yeah, and you better have a lot of open space. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. So, and, and, I mean, people ask me daily. They're like, well, you can you can just go anywhere you want. Why don't, why don't you take it here? Why don't you take it there? Why don't you just drive it to work? Yeah, exactly. And it's... Like on the water boy when she drives the airboat on yeah, a football field. Right. Yeah, that will never happen. No. Never. That is such bullshit. Yeah. No. no. That will never happen. If you had wet AstroTurf, you could run a boat on it. Yeah, but I'll bet. It's you, plastic. I'll bet, though, because they have rubber in it. 
I'll bet it'd be oh, super you're right. draggy. The rubber would not work. No, uh-uh. You're right. I'll bet it'd be draggy Well, actually, that's hell. field turf. AstroTurf has no rubber. AstroTurf is like a carpet over. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But field turf, they don't even make AstroTurf anymore. Yeah. But uh, field turf, for sure. Yeah, it's right. got that rubber in it. Tired. I, I don't know if Built for would, traction. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if it would really want it or not. Yeah, you're right. And that's the thing. Like, you got to be able to read what you're coming into with in a snap of a finger. You have to be able to read it without thinking. Exactly. Just like we we're talking about the muscle, muscle memory. memory. Yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. That is such a good feeling. Yeah. That's what I was picturing when I was thinking about that was air boating because mm. that's that's like one of the only things that I can do like that. Yeah. That's actually a skilled thing that is fun. Yeah. That I can do without thinking. I can't shoot a fucking basketball. <laughs> I can run pretty well and I can row, but that doesn't come up a lot. No. And, uh, and I mean, that, that goes back to dirt bikes, yeah. four-wheelers. I mean, I know where my shift points are. I never got it with dirt bikes. Oh, dude, I love dirt bikes. It's so much more fun than four-wheelers because you can go up. A, and the reason I say dirt bikes are better than four-wheelers, I agree. a lot of people argue with me, but you go up a hill climb and you don't make it, that four-wheeler is going to chase you down. Yeah, it's going to roll right on you. That dirt bike won't chase you down. I'll just lay over and take a nap. Exactly wait for you to pick it up exactly and that's i, I love hill climbs I, I like tracks i like hill climbs and i like trails so i'm, I'm fairly well-rounded when it comes to riding i suck at riding i Doesn't mean sound I, like it well i mean i've been doing it forever i mean you crashed a lot a lot <laughs> but there's two different riders yeah there's the people that have crashed and there's the people that are going to crash yeah. and that's just all there is to it's it. true yeah you're if you ride long enough you will crash you will break bones I mean, I've broke my back in two places. I broke my neck in two places. I broke both collarbones. I broke both legs. I've broke both arms. I've broke four fucking ribs. I, I mean, I broke all sorts of shit. Yeah. But that comes with the price of now I know what I can't do. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and that and that was all when I was super young, dumb, and like I could, I was invincible. You know, I could do anything I wanted. I know I was never invincible. Oh, I I was. Even as a kid, I was. Oh, like, no, I was. I was invincible. Bad. That's what I was talking about. My brother. He was. I invincible. was. I was invincible. Nothing could hurt me. Nothing until I broke my neck. Then I was pretty fucked. Now that's a doozy. Yeah, I was fucked. How long? Uh, it was six weeks of very minimal moving, and honestly, I didn't. I never went to a doctor, so I really? didn't. I didn't know why. I mean, I had no idea why, but that's why I have headaches all the time. That's yeah. why my back's so fucked up. Well, do you know the details of your neck break? Uh, no, I don't because... You haven't had an x-ray since? Well, yeah. So the reason I actually found out about all four of those breaks, because I didn't know I broke my back either. I, I, you were just a little sore. Yeah, very. Holy shit, very. But uh, I don't like doctors. I noticed that. I'm not a big fan of doctors. Well, I went to a chiropractor because I literally could not walk. A witch walk. doctor. Yeah, I couldn't walk for about a week. Oh, damn. Yeah, I, I literally just couldn't get out of bed. And I was still in high school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is not right. Like, And it was a dirt bike accident? Yeah. And I, no, actually, it was four-wheeler. I mean, accident's a wrong word. Yeah, it, was it was a dirt bike crash? Yeah. Four-wheeler crash? Four-wheeler, yeah. It's not an accident if you're- well, Yeah, what happened was uh, I was being stupid. I was showing off. There was a girl there. It's being dumb. Girls ruin everything. Yeah, they do. They sure do. And uh, I come around this corner completely tapped out. I had an 04 TRX 450, and I'll bet you anything. I mean, and it was fucking built. So I was probably doing every bit of 90. 
And I come around a corner and head on to another four-wheeler. Oh, God. I went 135 feet through the air before I touched the ground. Oh, shit. And I landed right on my neck. Ah. Yeah. And then I jumped up. I, I was knocked out. As soon as I hit the ground, boom, knocked out, cold. And my buddies were like, dude, you were just laying there. And then all of a sudden you stood up and fucking went, woo, I'm all right. You're in shock. Exactly. The next day, holy shit, I couldn't move. And so time went on, blah, blah, blah. And I got all my mobility back. And well, then about a year later, I went, there's something wrong. I can't get out of bed. Oh, this is a year later. Yeah. Yeah. And I just went, what the hell? I can't get out of bed. Like, like I knew I was moving my body parts. Uh Uh-huh. But it was like kind of numb. It was weird. You it have was, nerve problems. Yeah, it was just weird. And I was like, what the hell? And I had shooting pain. Every time I'd move my arm, I had shooting pains going down my back. And I was like, something's fucked up. And you're lucky you weren't paralyzed. Yeah, I was like, something's fucked up here. And so I called a some really well-known chiropractor or whatever. Had my mom take me Dr. Eschbach? No. Hell no. Is he not good? No. He's the only chiropractor I've ever seen. You should go to Bob. Okay. The one that yelled at you? Oh, he's a chiropractor? Yeah, you should go to Bob. I'll check him out. Fucking amazing. He's right across from the Chevron and Raymond. The Chevron. Oh, see, the one I'm talking about is off of Commercial and Raymond. Yeah, yeah, they're in the same area, but so where the Chevron is, he's literally right across the street, like mobile home looking place, and he's fucking amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he's amazing. But I went to a guy in Aberdeen, and... uh, I got there and I I limped myself in. It was bad. He took an x-ray and he comes back and he goes, dude, you broke your back and your neck in two places. Both. Each one. He goes, you got four breaks. Oh my God. And I was like, huh, well, that makes sense. Like, yeah, it makes perfect sense. It did seem like it hurt. Yeah. Pretty bad. Yeah. I was like, huh. And he goes, what do you do? And so I told him and he goes, oh shit. He goes, yeah, okay. That makes sense. And, uh, well, anyway, he got me all corrected and everything. And then about a year later, it all just, I literally woke up one day and it was back. Oh no. It was back. And I was like, oh, this ain't good. I'm not going to make it to fucking Aberdeen. Everybody was gone and I was in college then. So, I mean, I was leaving the house last person. I was like, I'm not going to make it. So I called Bob and because Nathan, that's Bob's kid. And he's like my brother. And uh, I called Nathan. I was like, hey, is your dad working? And he goes, yeah. He goes, give him a call. And so I called him. And uh, Nathan's wife actually came and fucking helped me out of bed. And it was, yeah, it was bad. And I went to him. I went to him for six weeks straight. Never had a problem since. Wow. Yeah. How long were his sessions? Uh, Ten minutes. Okay. Yeah. So he just really did adjustments and then yeah. send you on your way. Yeah, exactly. And then I had to come back every single week for six weeks. And then I felt, he goes, when you start feeling better, whatever. He didn't charge me. I mean, we're like family, so mm-hmm. he didn't charge me. He's like, when you're done, you're done. Fuck it. Wow. And honest to God, like I have back pains here and there and I have neck pains here and there, but I move around fine. I get around fine and they're really only in the morning. Mm-hmm. And how old are you now? 24. 24. It's just getting started. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> getting yeah. old sucks. And that's like my knees and shit. Like, I mean, I when you wreck, you learn how to rack, right? I mean, yeah. once, you, once you've wrecked enough times, you learn how to rack. So you start landing on your knees, you start landing on your hands, you start landing on your elbows, you start landing on that shit where, like, it can kind of take a little bit of abuse. Yeah. But every morning when I get out of bed now, my knees pop, my elbows pop, my wrists pop. Like. Yeah, me too. And then you, I wake up and I just get out of bed and I stretch and I go, fuck, this is going to hurt in five years. <laughs> you ever do yoga? No. Dude, you should do it. I You'll hate it. Yeah. I hate yoga. I've been, I'm about as limber as a two by four. 
do some yoga, man. Yeah. You will like, you'll, you'll love hate it. Yeah. Like, cause it's not fun. It's actually. It, it don't look fun. No, it doesn't look fun in one way, but if you've never done it, it doesn't look fun because it's like lame mm-hmm. and it's slow and it's like, it's for girls. It's but like, it can help. Dude, it's not, it's, it's, it's Okay. You're right about the fact that it's not fun, but it's it's not fun for a different reason than you think. It's actually because it's fucking hard. It's really, really hard. I and can see like, that. I've done some very hard athletic shit. Mm-hmm. And um, yoga still, every single time I do it, I'm like, fuck yoga. It's too Kick hard. I don't like it. Yeah. It's too hard. Yeah. And I like, but then you feel great afterwards. Yeah. It's very, it's really, it's very good stuff. The thing I think that is the best about it though, is it, it, it incorporates breathing training. It, into your physical movements, which nothing else really does that. No, nothing. And it's so crucial. You got to know how to breathe when you move. Yeah, that ain't no shit. If you don't, you're not moving right no. and you're not breathing right. Yeah. It, it changes That's the, when you give your whole experience. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. I've been playing this boxing game on VR. Oh, Jesus Christ. That shit is exhausting. Shit, right? I could do like three rounds. Right? And, and I'm just drenched Dude. in sweat. Yeah, it's horrible. It's, it's, but it's so much fun. Yeah, yeah. So much fun. It's it's cool. You have to learn how to block. You have to oh. learn how to strike. And um, it's fun. Oh, it's a kick in the ass. No, and the thing is, like, when you punch, you want to lead. The, it's fucked up because, like, I play baseball. Yeah. Well, I used to play baseball. Now I coach baseball. But you throw, you step with the opposite foot. Yeah. You know, then you throw. But when you punch, you want to step with the same foot. Yeah. Because then you get your body weight moving that same way. And that is a hard concept to, like, realize. And, and it, I mean, you can just throw punches in the air. And if you step with the opposite foot, you can literally feel the difference where if you step with the same foot. Yeah. You can feel all that weight transfer. Because you can crack the whip. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, if you think about it, if you get hit once, you feel it the next day. Yeah. No one wins in a fight. You don't feel it that day, though. No, uh-uh. Fuck no, you got so much adrenaline running, you don't feel it. But you wake up the next day and you went, fuck, did I win? Did I actually win? <laughs> I thought I won, but did I Yeah, I mean, I've had plenty of fights go to the ground. And when I get to the ground... I, it's game on. I've had fighting for your life at that oh, point. Oh fuck, dude! I've had MMA training and shit. Just ground training. I've never had like actual fucking full blown MMA training, but I've had. I know a lot of guys that have done it, and so they've taught me ground stuff. You get me to the ground, that's where I shine. Oh really? But I won't win. Next morning, dude, I'll wake up. I'm so stiff. I'm fucked, and it's like, man, did I actually win that fight last night? I don't think so. <laughs> I may have knocked the guy out, but I don't think I won. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's not always a winner. No, no. But there's always at least one loser. Yeah, oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Definitely a loser. But I don't think there's really a winner. Yeah, you're Especially probably right. Especially if it goes to the ground, because mm-hmm. you're gonna get hit. Yeah. I mean, if it goes to the ground, you suck it up because you're gonna get fucking nailed. Getting your ass beat when you're being held down it's, is a bad oh feeling. God, it sucks. Real bad. It sucks. But if you know how to turn that around, it's such a good feeling. Yeah. Dude, I've been on the ground, on my back, pinned, and I had enough training from this one guy that I was actually able to reverse it. Yeah, I got some ground It just beat the holy fuck out of this guy. And that night, I was just on, like, cloud nine. I woke up the next morning, and my whole face was swollen. My fucking shoulders were bruised. Did you know the guy before? No. Oh, okay. No. Those are the best ones. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I still don't know him to this day. I what couldn't is, tell you his name. What is but that? I beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I 
But it's somebody that you know actually well. Yeah. It, maybe you liked them before or not, whatever. Yeah. That's actually how Roscoe and I became friends. I was just going to say that. We fought our fucking asses off. When it's somebody that you know and that you're going to see again, yeah. wh- whoever won the fight, you guys are friends afterwards. Oh, 100%. That happens like almost every time. But that's dudes. It is. That's dudes. That's not girls. No, not Man. even a little bit. They'll hold grudges, but they don't fist yeah. fight. When they, they do, that's oh, why guys uh, get so excited when girls actually fight. They're, right? like, they're doing our they're thing. They're betting. Yeah. I mean, literally, we're betting. I've yeah. seen girls fight, and it's like, fuck me, pull the money out. Like, yeah. we're betting right now. I've seen some tough girls. Oh, boy. Really tough oh, girls. Oh, boy. My aunt's one of them. Really? Holy shit. Yeah. She got in a fight with... So, I have a... My dad has two brothers, two sisters. Two... Or one brother's full one sister's full the other two are half anyway his full sister was fighting his full brother's mom or yeah his full brother's no his full brother's wife and her mom and literally beat the shit out of them both like we're all sitting around like there's fucking money just flying around the table we're betting on who's gonna win this and that and i was like well fuck i can promise you jamie's gonna win (laughs) she grew up with two boys that were both older than her i promise you she's gonna win she just fucking cleaned house but some people just know how to fight and she does she's just and and she's one of those people that like will do anything like spur of the moment oh shit he just built a fuck and literally this happened my neighbor he said he's kind of a druggie but he's an artist mm-hmm. and i mean an amazing artist like he gets high on drugs and just fucking builds this amazing shit and he built this uh built this water slide oh cool that went right into the willapar river and i mean it's probably 40 feet a slide wow and there's no sides oh man there's nothing like, I mean, he has a full-blown waiver. You sign this if you're going to go down it. No one goes down this unless you sign this. What one. do you make it out of? PVC. Okay. Got a culvert, mm-hmm. but he cut the culvert flat Uh huh. because he didn't have enough culvert to make enough slide, so he had to <laughs> cut it sl- flat. So he skimmed on slide. materials to get exactly, it long enough. That's exactly. Funny. And my aunt just went down it. Mm-hmm. Didn't even think about it. She's like, oh, fuck yeah, I'll go down that. I was like, you got to be shitting me. That fucker's 20 feet up in a tree. She goes, oh, hell yeah, I'll go down that. And just right down it. I was like, you gotta be kidding. That shit never works out for me. No, no. I would have fucking hit the bridge. I would have hit the ground. Yeah, no. I'm not, I'm not jump off stuff guy. But yeah. I mean, I respect the people that are. I love those people. That's who I want to hang out with. Right? Get a couple drinks in them. Yeah, exactly. Because who knows what the fuck the night's going to happen. Exactly. You know, I mean, you could, you could start off with a night that's like, well, what are we going to do? You have one of them people with you. It's not what are we gonna That's do. Me. It's how how are we gonna do this? Yeah, you know. If you get too many of those people with you, That's though. when it gets dangerous. Yeah, that's when it gets dangerous. That's when I break bones. Yep, because yep. they talk me into shit. Yeah, that's when I break bones. But see, I used to be that person, like on a four wheeler and a dirt bike. I was that person. Mm-hmm. I was that person where it'd be like. We'd be at the sand dunes, and they'd be like, oh, man, that looks like a huge-ass triple. <laughs> we'll find out if it's a triple. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'll case the shit out of it. But the sand, that's the nice part. It's forgiving. Yeah. You know, it's definitely. like riding on snow. But I used to fantasize about taking an airboat in the snow. Dude, that'd be fun. Wouldn't that be a blast? Holy shit. I would fucking fun. love to when do that. When it snowed like crazy this year, I was like, fuck, we need to get the boats out. Next time. <laughs> Next <laughs> like, time. We need to get the boats out. 
Yeah. That'd be so much fun. Yeah, you know, for Cause people... Because at that point, you can go anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. I mean, you got a little bit of ice on the road. Fuck, you could run the road. You could. Easily. Yeah. No problem. Oh, absolutely. Ba- it was banked on the yeah. side and everything. It was like a Dude. perfect trough. Exactly. It's a track. Yeah. At that point. Man, we'd probably get in trouble. Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. But yeah. it'd be fun. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I mean... You're going to have haters. For sure. And that's even... Unless you're not good at your job. Exactly. And I mean, that's even your podcast. I mean, we're we're making a badass podcast right here, but there's going to be someone that don't like it. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's going to be haters in your Hopefully life. a lot. Yeah. More people who hate and it, the more people will talk about you're 100% it. 100% correct. And that's the thing. That's, that's where, like, all these haters, like, people talk shit about them and they don't... They're like, don't hate on me, don't hate on me. Dude, that's how you get your publicity. Yeah. Like it really is. I mean the That's more, what people click on. Exactly. The more people that hate you, the more like, holy shit, what are these comments gonna be like? Yeah. Oh, let's listen to this, you know? Controversy like, sells. Exactly. I've actually struggled with that a lot because I don't like pissing people off. I actually I don't mind pissing people off. I don't like hurting people's feelings or making people feel stupid. Yeah. Uh and so I don't want to try to blow anything out of, like you could clickbait so easily yeah clickbait is not hard no but it's really hard it's hard not to do it see, actually and see so there, there's where we're different i love to piss people off i love it i feed off of it because if i can get an arouse out of you i just got your attention yeah now but- i have just told you everything i know about it and you're gonna remember it yeah but i'm also gonna remember that i don't like you because yeah. you piss me off and i'm gonna fuck you somehow and that, you know, that's the risk you got to take. And there are those people. Yeah, I'm not is. that person. Somebody there can is. fuck me over and I will do my very best to forgive them. My you my flesh, it. my flesh that's where will, will want to get some revenge, but I try so hard to not. See, and I'm that person where I absolutely will not fuck someone. I hate it. That's that's my grandpa. I mean, he is the definition of fuck someone over. Uh-huh. And I, if they deserve it. No. No. Just for fun? Yeah, don't do business with my grandpa. I won't. He'll fuck you sideways. He'll fuck you six ways to Sunday. I mean, any way you want to say it, he will fuck you. Seth, he's going to hear this podcast. That's fine. Okay. I don't care. Shout out Seth's grandpa. Yeah, I've told him it plenty don't of times. Don't you dare try to do business with <laughs> yeah, him. No shit. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. But That'd be funny if your grandpa actually was a listener of my podcast. <laughs> it wouldn't matter. He wouldn't be. but And, you know, I'd get a call and he'd be like, seriously? And I'd be like, what? I told the truth? Yeah. And he'd be like, okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I am, what I believe in is what I believe in. And I am very, I'm very vocal about what I believe in. And I'm very passionate about what I believe in. And yes, you can change my mind. I come into every single debate. That's important. Yeah, I come into every single debate. I come into every single argument. I come into everything I do in my life with an open mind. And it goes back to Matthew. I mean, that that's what he's taught me. You can get positive out of everything. You can. Yeah. But you have to have an open mind. You can't come into something like if I would as if I was to come into this podcast today going, "Oh, this is going to be dumb," you know? Yeah. It, it would have been a shitty podcast. Absolutely. I come into this podcast going, "I have no idea what we're going to talk about. We're just going to sit there and bullshit. It's going to be a great time." And we're 40 minutes over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We could sit here and bullshit all night long. Yeah, when you open yourself to the world, the yeah. world answers back. 100% right. You're 100% right. And that's where People need to start thinking for themselves, you know? I mean, they, to a point. I, I completely recognize that in you, that you are somebody who 
stands up for what you believe in and you have very, very specific um, beliefs and, mm -hmm. and things, but you're not stubborn about like you're flexible. Yeah. And like that, 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 those two things in combination are so powerful and so necessary for a society to function. Yes. You need people who know what the fuck is right. Yes. And you need people who are actually going to stand by it when, it, when they're challenged. Yes. And it's, it's important. Keep it up. Yeah. Keep being like that. And, and honestly, like I couldn't, I mean, going to politics here, I couldn't tell you if I'm a Democrat or a Republican because I agree with shit on both sides. Me too. I truly do. Like, I would say that I'm neutral. Mm -hmm. I'm somewhere in the middle because there is some really good points on the Democratic side and there is some really good points on the Republican side. And yeah. then there is some really shitty points on the Democratic side and there's some really shitty points on the Republican side. I mean, and where we've just gotten too separated. Yeah. You know, there's no middle ground. There's no, I don't know. I, Think just, about how much easier it is to manage that. Yeah. Most of the time it's motivated by money. I was going to say money talks. Yeah. Money talks. And that's the problem. I mean, you need the best politicians, in my opinion, are the ones that want nothing to do with it. Exactly. And, and I mean, that's just all there is to it. And you'll never get those because they want nothing to do with it. And it, if they were politicians, people would tear them apart. Exactly. Because they're that, like centrist and, yeah. and rational. And they don't want that. You know, they don't. And there's there's also too many people that care about what other people think. Yeah. Fuck everybody else. Yeah. You're happy with yourself. That's all that matters. If you're if as an individual, yeah. Yeah, exactly. As an individual. It, as if you're the one who's designing public policy, you gotta fucking ignore yourself. Yeah, exactly. And think Completely. about other people. Yes, yes. But as a person, like home life as a person, completely forget your job, completely forget what you do. As a person, you need to love yourself. You do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yourself first. Yeah. It has to be that. And that, that goes to your job. That goes to your day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. That goes to everything. Because if you don't love your job, it, I mean, you spend, what, 80% of your life at your job? Yeah. And then the other 80 sleeping? <laughs> you're going you're gonna to die miserable. Exactly. I mean, if you don't love your job, what the fuck are you doing in your job? I mean- yeah. There's thousands and thousands of jobs. Well, right now there's a lot. A shitload, exactly. We're a labor crisis. If you have skills, you can get a job. Yeah, and you can do it in anything you want. Yeah. So go find that thing that makes you click. Go. F I mean, and that was, I went to school, I dedicated four years of my life to mechanicing. Did you plan on being a mechanic forever when yeah, you were doing that? I did. Yeah. I did. It'd be a good, it'd be well, a good career. No, I didn't. I, I guess, no, I didn't. When I first started college, I, I didn't want to go to college. Mm -hmm. The only reason I went to college is because my mom and my grandma told me I could come out of college with no debt. And I went, well, shit. It's stupid to not go. Why not? Exactly. It's dumb to not go. I came out of college with no debt. I got very, very, very lucky. My mom and my grandma paid for my college. Cool. Yeah. So I got it. Shout out Shelly and her mom. Yeah. Uh, Janice. So, I mean, we got... I, or I got very, very lucky going to college. And so I was like... That's so cool, man. Yeah, I'm not going to piss this away. Yeah. So I, I decided to go to mechanicing because my uncle owned a logging company. And I was like, well, this is... You know, I'd go work for him, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And that's exactly what happened. I went to school for four years. I, I designated myself specifically to this subject for four years. 
minus the summers because I was working for you guys in the yeah. summers. And, and I mean, and I loved it. You know, I mean, every we day. We did also have you do mechanic stuff. Yeah. I mean, I do all the mechanic stuff there. And I, I love that too. But I, when I graduated, my mom looked at me and she literally said, what do you want in your life? And I went, I don't want to turn wrenches. I go, yeah, I love to turn wrenches. I love the satisfaction of it. I you do. won't, though, if you're getting paid, and that's what you have to do and every that's, day. That's the thing. When I have to do it every single day of my life, and I have to diagnose these machines that aren't mine, I have to diagnose all this shit that, really, I don't give a fuck You get about. to do the worst part of the project, exactly. and everyone else gets to do the fun part. Exactly, and then you got a boss that just goes, oh, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Like, fuck you, man. I did that. Yeah. You know? And they're going to tell you you're not doing it fast enough. Exactly. Yeah. And that, I mean, working for my uncle, I didn't get much of that. So I was, I was very lucky there. I come out of college. I started working. Well, I worked for you guys that summer. And then as soon as that quit, I rolled right into working for my uncle. And it was great because he fed me to the wolves. And I mean, that's the shit I need. I just need to be thrown to the fucking wolves. Let me figure it out myself. I will figure it out. Eventually, it might take me longer than most. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. It might take me a little bit. But I will figure it out. That's a beginner's mind. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a brilliant place to start. Yeah, I will figure it out. There is not a problem I have come across in my life yet that I haven't figured out. Dude, I have that exact same mindset. Yeah. I have my whole it, life. It might take years. It might. And you might never figure it out. Exactly, but I'm going to work. I will figure it out. You know, I'm going to yeah. have that mindset of, yes, it might take 10 years. I will figure this out. Yeah. You know. But I'm. what I mean by that is like, in in when you're looking to the future and you're looking at this problem, you have to be willing to grind until you figure it out. Exactly. Like you, you even like, what if I never figured out? Who cares? If yeah. that happens, I'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Exactly. But I'm gonna figure it out, dude. And that's one of my favorite sayings. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. You know, but we're gonna work towards that bridge until we get there. Because we have steps we can take now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And honestly, like. When Ed texted me and goes, hey, you're going to take your test this and this day. You better start fucking studying. You're going to take my job over. Dude, that was, honestly, I'll never forget that day. Like, that, I was so excited that day. I, I, I even went and told my uncle, which was my boss. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, you aren't going to, like, you're not going to believe what, it, what just happened to me. Like, this is fucking great. This is, this is a career that's going to take off for me. This is what I've been doing for the last five years because i did quinault before that and i was like you you don't realize like the opportunity that's coming to me right now it's and, a big deal and he literally this was what made me a hundred percent i'm going to do this job he looked at me and he goes you're passionate chase your fucking dreams what a guy yeah that's, and honestly, that's the right fucking answer and, and my uncle is like he's very selfish he's very this he's very that he's a human yeah he's human Exactly. But when he looked at me and he goes, dude, chase your fucking dreams. I was like, well, fuck, here it is. You yeah. Know, here it is. I can't. What am I going to do? Like, dude, I, that's very similar to what I went through getting in this. Yeah. I, I love it. Like you start as a summer gig mm -hmm. and, and you realize like, there's a lot of things to love about this. Yeah. And then before you know it, you get an opportunity and it falls right in your lap. And it, like, it does. Dude. And then you realize like, oh, people want me for this. Yeah. Like I, I've made an impact. When I actually realized that Ed looked at me more than just a worker, dude, I damn near cried. Like 
I mean, I mean, that was so emotional for me that it was like this guy that's been doing it for fuck how many years and and you too like i mean you you told me that i'd be a good candidate and honestly that was an emotional day for me because i was like i i didn't believe i didn't believe in myself i didn't at all not even a little bit i mean i knew i could turn wrenches but that's all i knew how to do see and, that's another thing people sell themselves short for things like that yeah that, i did that's something on its own i did 100 percent. i did for sure that's a skill I do not have. And I did. I sold myself short. I didn't, I honestly didn't think I could do this job. When Ed texted me and told me, hey, you need to go do these class or you need to go do these tests and get your license. I was like, Ed, there's, there's no way. Like, I can't do that. I'm out of college. I'm not, I don't want to do it. You know, I'm, I'm a little lazy. I'll be honest. Yeah. And, we're all good. We're all going to go through that. Yeah. And, and I, I, like, oh, I got to fucking study again. Yeah, I thought I was done. Yeah. Right. And I told him, I, I was dead honest with him. I was like, you really think I'm the person? And he goes, no, I don't think I know. And we that, talked about it a lot. And, and it, it hit me different. For like you know? multiple years, we talked about it. No before shit. Before it was actually a thing. Hmm. I didn't you know. See, I didn't know that. But he, I, he called me and he goes, dude, no, you're it. Yeah. And I went, well, then I'll do anything I need to do to prove to you that I can do this. And when he basically told me you've already done it, I was like, dude, like, that hit me different. I mean, it just, everything kind of crashed down. And I went, wow, this is. This Your is work ethic be. is very easy to recognize. Yeah. Like, I've I've recognized it from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. You You've been very hard worker. And mostly it's because, and I I find it really cool that you're talking about your brother and everything showing you these things because I this is something I noticed in you right away. Positive attitude. Yeah. Always looking for a way to get out of the fog mm -hmm. that is negativity yeah. and, and just the things that make your day shitty. Yeah. Like I noticed it right away. You're always looking for a way to just be like, here we are. Yeah. Like, let's we're, make this We're cool. living in the moment. Yeah. And have fun with it. You yeah. Know? And I mean, and this job. That I'm in now is, fuck, dude, that's what you do. That's you what just, you do. You live in the moment. You have fun with your life. And what problems can we solve for, for people today? Exactly. He's like, and and honestly, we're never going to get them all. And when I make people happy, I'm happy. Me too. You know, I, I like that shit, but you're never going to make everybody happy. We'll never, no, we'll never have enough resources or no. people to, to please everybody. No. And, and we'll... Will always that, be hated by some. Exactly, and that goes back to the haters. Yeah, I mean, you're just gonna have haters. You gotta, you gotta roll with the punches on that one. Haters gonna hate, hate, yeah. hate, hate, hate. Yeah, and fuck them. Yeah, that's I mean, right. That, that's all it boils down to. Fuck them. There's, there's a lot more people like us than, than uh, there are the haters. The haters. Yeah, just, I, I believe. They're loud mouths. I believe that. The haters just talk a lot more. Yeah, squeaky wheel gets the grease. That's right. Because that one that's squeaking, you know, it's gonna go out. You know, you gotta replace it. Yep. All right, Seth, we're almost at three hours. Oh, shit, we've talked for a while. This is one of the longer podcasts I've done. Right on. That was fun. Hell yeah. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. And you got to come back and do another one. Definitely. You're going to start your own podcast? I'm thinking about it. This, oh, this would be great. Yeah, dude. Um, sure. I, I'll totally get you set up with a, the cheapest possible setup that you could do to where you could do it. I mean, you could do it in your car. I've I'd done, love to. I've done lots of them. Like, no shit. Yeah. I'd love to. Every dude. once in a while, I, I, yeah. I have my mic hanging from my my visor. Hell yeah! And I just do, I talk while I'm driving, and it's 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 those are honestly my favorite ones. Yeah, dude, they're that's they're really great. fun. Hell yeah! That I would love to get set up on this. This yeah. is awesome, dude. Let's six months from now, 
let's make an appointment for yeah. you to come back yeah. and do another episode on Ramble. Definitely. And I, I would like to hear about what you've done about your own podcast yeah. by that time. Definitely. Nobody, nobody else talks about starting a podcast. Uh, so I, I find and, that very exciting. And honestly, even before this, I've been thinking about this ever since I started listening to him. And I was like, man, that, I mean, people just like to hear you bullshit. Yeah. And, and I love to bullshit. I love listening to bullshit. Yes, I'm the same way. You yeah. Know? I, I love to bullshit. I love listening to bullshitters. And Podcasts literally changed my life. Yeah. A lot. 100%. Like, it's... It, it makes Almost. the office work so much better. Ever, all work. Oh, God. It makes all work. It so much better. I listened to so much music before I had podcasts yeah. because I just have to listen to something. Mm. And uh, I don't need that much music in my life. I mean, hundreds of hours. I yeah. listened to 48 hours of SZA. Do you know who SZA is? Yeah. I love SZA, as you know now. Yeah. <laughs> 48 hours of it Holy in uh, shit. 2020 or but you got, 2020. You got a little yeah. burnout on that. Fuck no, I love SZA. No shit. Oh, I just heard a new jam that she did with Post Malone. I was like, oh, fuck, two of my faves. See, no, I used to like Upchurch a lot. Upchurch? I don't know Upchurch. It's a country rapper. Oh, I, I like country rap. Yeah, I love it too. I love it. And I listened to him so much that it, I just got kind of burnt out on him. Yeah. He's good. I mean, he's really good. I'm not taking anything away from him. I love to meet the guy. He sounds seems like a really good guy. But- I just got burnt out, and that was when I started listening to the podcast. And it, I mean, everything's always different. Pretty sure we just entered a new topic that will go about forty minutes. Music. Yeah. We got to wrap this thing up. Yep. Next time. Yep. Next yep. time. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Seth. Thank you so much for coming. This has been a great podcast. I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, come back. Yeah. Come back next time. Definitely. Thanks for having me on. Do you have any closing words before we wrap this thing up? Kill some green crab. Yeah, we didn't talk about it much, but no, we talked about it here. enough. That was a lot of fun. Hell yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Go ahead and like this on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Or don't do what you want. Live your life. Thanks again. Talk to you later. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ramble by the River. If you did, it really helps us out if you leave us a rating or a review. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And if you want to get more involved and support the show, you can subscribe to our Patreon page for exclusive content, bonus episodes, and a Ramble by the River t-shirt with every Royal Rambler subscription after three months. Instructions for how to join are at ramblebytheriver.com. Click the subscribe link. And it's easy peasy lemon squeezy. Thanks again for listening. Come back next week. Bye. Can't nobody take